Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season four, episode one, Glassnost. Uh, Aaron, Glassnost for the uninformed is all about openness and transparency, none of which for all mankind is interested in. There, <laughs> I have two huge looming questions after this episode. It's interesting. I'm uh, I'm curious to see uh, what they are. Uh, yeah, glass glassnos. We had gla- we had glassnos in our timeline. The real Not world. Impressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 they're doing a lot of stuff in this first episode that makes me wonder if the Soviet Union is not about to fall in their timeline. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, it, I I don't know. It, it it could go either way, right? Like No, I, no, I see I see where you're going. Like I I didn't it didn't occur to me when I was watching taking notes, but I think I instantly understand where you're coming from. There's economic reforms that are happening that, you know, don't uh-huh. line up exactly with our history, but but definitely, like, we're sort of precursors to the fall. There's strange people trying to get Margot's attention over there, probably KGB yeah. agents, if I had to guess. Yeah. They're involved in, you know, a sort of coup with Gorbachev. I did a lot of research this morning on perestroika and Glasnost and, and all of those sure. terms that uh, I had never bothered to do prior to this. Uh, and I feel like that's where they're going, but who knows? Could be my imagination. Interesting. Um, other than uh, fretting about the world political situation, how did you like the episode? I've been waiting for you because I, I saw this episode like two weeks ago. I just watched the first one. Yeah. Um, it was a concession I made to my son, who is a rabid for all mankind uh, <laughs> a fan. Uh, and uh, I've been I've been sitting here thinking about it over the weeks. Uh, I know what I think about it. What do you think about it? Uh, I liked it. It's definitely a setup episode, right? As you would expect from episode one of a season. They're just kind of catching us up on the last eight years, telling us where we lie now. And they're also doing some stuff to keep it interesting, like uh, the stuff with Gregory. Gregory. However you say his name. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Did you like I, it though? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, okay. I always enjoy this show. <laughs> like even when it's not the most exciting show, which I gotta say is kind of rare. But uh, even when it's not the most exciting, it's still interesting. I um yeah, it's fun. It's funny because I feel like this the the tone of this podcast three minutes in it feels like uh, we're somewhat disappointed or down on the season because I I, I really like this first episode. I thought this was a really good first episode in in terms of like for all mankind and uh, uh terms and maybe it's like you know as i as i mentioned there's a lot of things going into it i think as i mentioned in the preview podcast like we're not finally catching up to like i know i was aware i was a person back in the early 90s but i was like a 15 16 year old person uh-huh. um so it's like 
it's a, con- a completely different experience now to see like you know when i was experiencing uh you know i was like 23 24 25 in this this time period and i have full like min uh opinion like memories and opinions of the things uh that i saw and it's it's i i i feel like that's one of the reasons this season so far is you know like resonating in a, in a, in a different way that like this is like oh man these are our times we're living through and uh i just man they're they just this just really lays out what I really loved about the show, the camaraderie, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the space danger, uh, the space technology, uh, the overall more, I guess, optimistic look towards the future that the show seems to consistently have. Uh, And it's like, yeah, through the first 10 minutes, I just kept on thinking, I wish I lived in this timeline. I wish I lived in this timeline. Uh, this timeline has its problems too, but like there is a sense of hope and optimism in the early 2000s that was just completely missing from the American life, uh, and has kind of since. Oh yeah. Uh, so it, it was nice seeing people like you know Ed. I love Ed. You gotta love Danielle. Uh, she's such a good fucking person. Um, yeah, and 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 the the promise of what this season's going to be. Like I am here for. Uh, the the tension between capitalism and community that's going to take place. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Mars with so many people's hands in a cookie jar, you know they got they got they got a block of nations to represent the corporate need, the interest of a you know the G seven the the M seven block. It's 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 wild. It's wild to see it um, intruding into our little NASA story, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I loved it. I you know I I, I said in the the preview podcast um, that I feel like the this the space crisis was a shot across my bow because, god damn it, it's more cables. The menace of <laughs> free swinging cables in space is yeah. the ultimate foe of for all mankind these last two seasons. But yeah, like I I I definitely got some questions I want to kind of like figure things out with you about that sequence, but like nothing kind of leapt out as being uh just just on the face of it crazy or, or silly and i and i like that um i like that it's like you know this show has the balls to kill a mate what i consider a main character in the first episode and i for a for a hot minute i thought it might be ed oh yeah uh, which is which is which is the strength of this show the fact that like yeah i could see them killing ed baldwin in the first episode of season four um mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nobody feels safe. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really so glad the show's back, and I'm so glad that things came together that we can cover it with our, our small little Happy Valley community of Bob's here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see seeing where this this season goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all the things that I miss in this episode because we do have screeners for this one, so we're recording before. It's publicly available, which means there's not a lot of uh, audience input at the moment. Uh, so I'm curious to see what people make of it. You know, th- this feels very for all mankind. I think the fans who are for all mankind uh, fans of the first three seasons are going to be there for this uh, and enjoy it. But I don't know, man. We'll we'll see how the season goes. It looks strong so far. It is. It's funny you bring that point up because that's the other thing I I because I think I've I've seen this episode three times over the the last couple of weeks and I keep finding ways to ruminate. You know, it's like oh, we got a preview podcast. Let's get together and talk with Pete about it. I did think that like if you're a season one for all mankind fan, 
there's like what 20 percent of the storylines left from that you know in terms of characters and situations and at yeah. that 20 percent like only maybe 15 percent are actually represented on camera and if you take away the the characters who were like literal little girls in mm-hmm. that seat it's like it's yeah it's like the turnover feels real and it, it feels like uh i am curious to see what they do this season with this miles character with kelly's character um uh with the will you know the uh the, mm-hmm. the first openly gay astronaut from last season like what they're going to do to uh looks like that lady like contractor out on the the ranger might be important going forward she's at least a major actor uh like what are they going to do to take a step forward and like fill in those those big old boots of ed and danielle and molly yeah uh because like right now they haven't Mm -hmm. it's the potentials there but like that's the thing i'm going to be very curious to see what they do this season to see like where what what are what are we building towards for the future because like as much as I love seeing Happy Valley expand and, and humanity to push out to the belt and, and, and beyond, like I got to have characters that I give a shit about to make the rest of the stuff worth it, you know? And Absolutely. I'm, I'm, that's that's the big open question I have this season is where are the next gen people where and, and who's who you're going to stand, who is going to stand up and who's going to resonate like, you know, Ed and Danielle and, and Ellen and, and Molly and everybody has. Gordo and Trace going back to season two, you know, like who, who, where are these people? Yeah. And even the people that they haven't outright killed, uh, in the show, they've sidelined a bunch of them that you thought were up and comers, right? Like Jimmy and Danny and a lot of the younger crowd there, uh, have just been Mm -hmm. completely taken off the map. So yep, we'll see, man. Uh, I, I feel like Will is a strong contender for doing something interesting, um, in this season. And of course, like, I'm super. Elaine has always been one of my favorite characters ever since like season two, and I I think I'm worried for her, man. I'm really worried because I don't want to see her just completely wash out. But it feels like that's where she's headed, at least out of NASA. Yeah, I want to talk about that because that's one of the things about not you know when you're you're watching this in like button down uh, screener mode uh, is that. I had questions like, what story are they trying to tell with Aleda? It's like, I was kind of expecting Aleda to be directing, you know, like the, the like NASA's director of flight operations. Like, mm-hmm. she's Margot. She's wearing the white vest. And she's the head of thrust, which sounds important, but somehow disappointing from where I thought she would be. It's kind of like yeah. Margot's gal. And I'm like, is the show telling me that? Or is the show telling me of like a pretty ambitious young person at NASA? Like, oh, she's she's in charge of thrust now. Like, she's like right. on deck. So I just don't know enough about NASA culture to know if that's like a disappointing post for someone like Margot to kind of like crest at. Or if this she she has been despite adversity and and this latest uh, dash of PTSD is is something more concerning but like yeah I'm, I'm curious about that my myself and it's complicated by someone that we don't know we're not familiar with stepping into Margot's role right the the Hughes I think is her name I, I don't know her first name mm-hmm. but she seems to be running the flight operations there we weren't really given that character last season were we so some somebody I don't think so the we don't know is just kind of stepping into that role. It feels in that way that Elaine has been passed over, but she's also yes. very young. So I, Still, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is, is this just the, 
is she still on the fast track? It's just she hadn't been far enough along when Marga was uh, taken to Russia or killed, depending on who you are. Uh, or is this just, you know, them or maybe herself sidelining uh, her position yeah. here? Well, I definitely want to talk more about it when we get to those aspects of the show. But, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of discussion. Because, like, the thing is, is the show doesn't hold your hand and tell you. Like, the best you get is a headline. They'll spell things out in, like, you know, the the, the interseason sequences. But mm-hmm. a lot of this is just, like, fly in the wall. Like, you're just observing conversations. Like, what what is what about this is important? What about this isn't important? What about this is routine? What about this is exceptional? And you just kind of find out as the season goes along. Mm-hmm. Unless there's some listeners in there at NASA's J- J- Johnson Space uh, Center <laughs> oh, that want to give us the insight. Oh, she's a thrusty. Oh, that's where that's where good careers go to die. <laughs> right. She didn't have the Delta V to get out of thrust. Oh, mm. man. It's like, yeah, I don't, maybe there's a whole thing. <laughs> Probably. All right. Uh, well, speaking of headlines and montages and stuff, maybe we should get into the recap. Oh, one more thing, because I want to say yeah. this because people always bitch about it. When ever hears that we have screeners, I think there's a sizable and for understandable reasons, a part of the fan community is like, oh, my God, Jim and Aaron are going to watch all these episodes and they're going to know everything and they're going to pretend they don't. And it's going to ruin my favorite podcast. Let me look. No, that's not how we do this. And you can believe me or not. But like if you've listened to any of our screener covered shows, like I would be hard to fake the hilarity of the wrongness of the things that we've said. (laughs) If we, if we did this to full knowledge of the seasons, yeah. what we do is like, because like, man, it's, it is really going to be hard to make for all mankind work with some of the other things we're doing in our schedule that, you know, we're still doing Loki. We're about to do Fargo. We're about to do all the Christmas stuff. It's spanning Christmas. These screeners help us do that because we, instead of having to wait and everything has to be recorded on Friday, oh my God, or wait until month, we can actually get this stuff recorded in advance and uh, get it out uh, at the same time the episode drops, which is a huge, you know, leg up in, in terms of like getting it out in people's ears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we don't watch more than one episode ahead because we want to maintain that fan experience. We want to make sure that we can read email and speculate with fans and stuff. So it's like, again, believe me if or not, but like we, the only, we're, we're essentially using this to time shift our viewing to like Monday, Tuesday, instead of have to wait till Thursday, Friday. But that's, that's as far ahead as we get. So yeah, I have not easy. seen episode two yet. No. And I, I did why I pre-watched one because that's our policy. We can't get one ahead of you. But like I've it's an as, as uh, it's it, I created a monster. My son's been up my ass. Did you guys record that podcast yet? Did you guys, it's because he's fiending for the next one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just like if, I know some people get, you know, uh, get get uh, all, all worked up about that. I just want to want to put your mind at ease if I can. Yeah. No spoilers here. You're listening to Hi, Bob. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. 
All right, let's start with a recap here. Uh, I'm not going to go over everything in this montage because there's a lot of it. That's um, too damn bad. I'm going over everything in this montage. <laughs> you want to? It's going to take us all day, man. We're going to be here until I just we land go on through, Mars. Uh, so I, I wrote down the beats, the bullet points, and like we can mm-hmm. react or not, but like... Um, uh, Ellen appears uh she's she's re she's she's launching her uh, second campaign she's talking about you know pursuing the american dream and how that's the desire to go further and making the impossible or impossible possible but she sets up what i think is going to be one of the central conflicts of the season when she cites that there are still a few trying to pull us backwards mm-hmm. um so that's something to pay attention to there is something called the m7 which is, I think, like the G7, G whatever countries that represent the seven countries. I'm not sure exactly all of them. I did see a Japanese flag. I saw a French flag. I'm presuming uh, the the UK's in there uh, and Russia's in there. Uh, But the seven countries that are on Mars in this international base, um, the AI seems to be proceeding apace. Uh, like our world, this world, Gary Kasparov is beaten by Big Blue, Deep Blue, in a chess tournament in 1997. Uh, Ellen gets a second term. She serves with George H.W. Bush um, and Pam by her side. The UK ends its control over Hong Kong. I think this is ahead of schedule a little bit. Hmm. I don't know. But I maybe not. That. Maybe because I know that Hong Kong just came under China's control, but I think that was because there's like a cooling off period between when the UK gave up its protectorate and that. But I don't know. That was that was interesting. Um, Mike Tyson still bit Evander Holofield's ear. No change Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Helios has a plasma propulsion system that they say will shorten the Mars transit to just a month or two. This is an important plot point, um, which is going to justify the action of the season. Uh, they did rescue our Mars crew that was stranded on Mars, and we'll get to know, uh, hear a mm-hmm. little bit about how that went down from Danielle later in the episode. So does the North Korean. Uh, the first man on Mars made it back to a hero's welcome. Uh, Hilton opens up a motel on Moon, and it's garish <laughs> and tacky, and I don't like it. It's interesting can you imagine to see spending, it. Yeah. Can you imagine spending the money going to what it would cost to go to the Moon, and it looks like this? <laughs> it looks like some kind of... <laughs> You're not faux IKEA as imagined by Target of the future. Yeah, you're not spending that money to to stay in a swanky hotel room. You're spending that money to go to the but moon. It, but it's funny because like all of the all of the ta- trappings of what we call wealth and opulence on on Earth, like mahogany wood and rich leather and marble countertop, you're never going to find out on the moon because. Like, you're not going to find it in a hotel. Like, if a billionaire went to the moon, they might spend it to put... But, like, yeah, there's no fucking way you're going to you're gonna lift that to the moon. You're going to... It's going to be not all yet. built out of shit. You, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all going to be aluminum, titanium, and reg, lunar regolith, right? But still, yeah, it's going it to be sucks. like Star Trek The Next Generation without the carpeting. Uh, Jimmy testifies in a plea deal against his uh, for or his uh, his bombing co-conspirators, and they don't mention the sentence that he gets. But mm. uh, Pete, our buddy Pete, said in those shorts that they it is like a twelve year sentence, so probably won't get out of jail this this year this this season. I wouldn't think, or, or maybe towards the end. Yeah, uh, I, I'm interested up- to see the things you're skipping over because 
apparently Michael Jordan was good at baseball in this world. Like the Mariners I, I are winning. See, I really tried to get everything. I didn't. I. I. I what? Wow. Yeah. Number forty-five. Yeah. There. It's. It's really quick. It's just a newspaper headline or whatever. I thought that uh-huh. was funny though. Very nice. Um, they're introducing asteroid mining. It's the latest kind of like space race for this season, obviously. Yeah, and earlier um, there it, was um, there were antitrust lawsuits uh, mentioned from the likes of all the oil companies, Halliburton and Exxon and Shell. Uh, that's setting up, I think, a lot of tension there. Yeah, because Helios is trying to be the only person that can supply H3 for the world's fusion needs, and uh, clearly all, a lot of a lot of dry beaks. Yeah. A lot of dry beaks out here looking to get wet. And, and it's a follow-on um, from last season where Helios had essentially made oil obsolete. And, and so much of, like, what's happening here I think is interesting from that context. Um... I thought it was interesting that it looks like Ellen is positioned as this universe's friends, which I did. I looked into this and Ellen's original title was friends like these. And it came out the exact same time as NBC's friends. Huh? And they changed the title because it was like obviously confusing and it was a very successful show. And it kind of petered out in the fourth season when Ellen in real life and on the show announced she was gay. And during this kind of like tumultuous period, people are like, ah, ah, it's a political show. Ah, I don't want. And it kind of made because it it had to be about serious political things. It was less successful as a comedy and it got canceled after four seasons. Apparently, since you got the president blazing the way, uh, Ellen uh, achieved friends like superstardom. I thought that was interesting to see like all this ripple out. Is Jeremy Piven the Joey Tribbiani of Ellen? I can only assume. Yeah. And is 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 uh uh Matt LeBlanc is he going to be uh starring in uh oh shit what was that uh The Agent show? You're the one you're the the other Jeremy Piven show. Entourage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Entourage. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He's going to be Jeremy Piven's on Entourage. Uh-huh. Uh Hillary Clinton divorces Bill. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting to see cuz I I I think this might be uh, there's a couple other indications here where they're indicating like the butterfly flaps of like more broadly speaking gender equality, gender equality happening earlier in America because we we're trying to keep up with the Russians who on paper mm. have, was very egalitarian in that regard. Yeah, a lot uh, of but like societal. Hillary yeah, having the freedom to divorce her husband and not impact her politics, I think is interesting. Yeah, and the, the Harvey Weinstein stuff that they're going to flash up you here have in a to second think that, is another part of that. Yeah, the fact that probably more women are in Hollywood because we've already had uh, more women are executives. This stuff is all like, you know, enough is enough happening, happening earlier than you'd think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same sex legalization obviously happens earlier. This goes down in, I think, the late 90s, 1998. Um, There's another article about Mars opening up its first aluminum manufacturing facility, showing that like Mars is becoming more and more economically independent from Earth. It's got this raw manufacturing down. Um, Marv, the wet bandit from Home Alone, got his act together and became Lee Iacocca's right-hand man. Apparently the man that saved Chrysler from craptitude because they pivoted early into EVs. Mm-hmm. Good job, Marv. And yes, I will be calling him Marv throughout this season. I don't care what my co-host does. <laughs> uh, there's a Moonwalker. There's a Moonworker strike. 
Yeah. You know, like I said, where the capitalism comes to space and the labor movement is right one step behind them. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting to throw away comment about the Y2K bug wreaking havoc on the space program. Yeah. Is that like a one off like joke or is that going to be? I assume it's you know, one off now tr- that we're past three years past that. Like it can't mess with it for I would three hope years. So, right. right? <laughs> yeah. Ed's going to try to do the orbit burn. It's like, damn it. It's, it's good to. All, all the atmospheric calendars are from the 19, 1903. <laughs> this is on. Yeah, they all die. Uh, yeah, that's how Ed dies on his way back home. Uh, Gore beats George Bush. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. He won and Florida. Ellen Mary's I saw Pam. In that, that election map, which I thought was nice. <laughs> um, Ellen marries uh, her long-term uh, love interest, Pam. And... Uh, Saudi Arabia overthrew the House of Saud. The royal family deposed. Apparently. Uh, yeah, you can see that, like, the, you know, like, everything that uh, the, the George Clooney said is going to happen in Syriana is probably happening on fat and fast forward with the world yeah. completely divesting itself of petroleum products. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality TV, moon miners is uh, sweeping the nation. Uh, it's a huge Russian economic boom, and they show in like a little uh, uh, graph chart that Russia's GDP is only a trillion or two off of the United States at this point, which mm-hmm. is vastly different than the than our reality. Uh, they emphasize the Gore and Gorbachev alliance, that their growing partnership that they feel both on Earth and Mars, uh, ushering in a new sense of ep- uh, optimism, not just in America and Russian, but across the globe. Uh, the Cold War is ended not as Russia a vanquished foe, but as a valued and equal ally. Very interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, we, this this brings us up to the present day, where uh, uh, old man Baldwin is trying to make history again. Yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick still died relatively peacefully in his sleep at seventy. That happened the exact same, right, as our yeah. world. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, there's some other incidental stuff in there, but uh, that's that's the gist of it. Holy shit, we made it to Mars. That took forever. <laughs> we're 45 minutes into this podcast already. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we're going to Happy Valley, where the Mars base has gotten a lot bigger. There's dozens of modules, dozens of crew persons. Uh, old man Ed is commanding a mission to land a man on an asteroid, and Grigori is that man. Uh, this old man makeup, Coos. I think, looks better here than it did in the trailer. It's probably exactly the same, but I got used to it over the course. You just of... gotten used to it. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a flash right at the end of the thing that <laughs> scared me. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I imagine it's tough to make someone like Joel Kinnaman look like he's an old, uh, over to over the hill person. Um, having said that. I don't know why this show seems like it has a uniquely hard time doing it with their cast. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it, it it feels like a show that was filmed in the 1990s and then was upscaled to HD. And like they just didn't know, they just didn't know those latex lines were going to be there. They didn't know that the it's sure. like, but you guys, you know, you know, you know that this is 4K. So like, what's what's the deal? <laughs> I think they hit it all right. Uh, I think Danielle's old woman makeup is much better she looks just totally natural but it also helps that she's not she's kind of like joel kinnaman last season yeah, where it's like yeah a little gray at the temples a little 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 spirit gum around the eyes give a little bit of a little bit of wrinkle mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they haven't heavily heavily aged her. Yeah, they don't. They don't. For some reason, Ed's facial hair looks weird. I'm certain it's his own facial hair, right? He's he's got to be growing oh. out a beard for this, and then they just dye it. I mean, look at the. It's the hairline, though. That's the other thing. It's like they yeah. are doing significant hair, and and so yeah, why wouldn't they do a, a beard on him too? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Something about it's that beard not, looks weird. It's not bad. It's just. Uh, it doesn't feel state-of-the-art for some reason. Yeah. And it's been a couple seasons, so at this point, I'm ready to call it a trend or a stylistic choice. Like sure. Maybe they yeah, are going yeah. like more stagey, you know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Uh, let's go back to Earth, where Daniel Stern, uh, Eli Hobson, is the new NAS administrator. The long-term... Marv. <laughs> Marv, yes. Uh, the long-term mission here is not just to touch an asteroid but it's to gather up this asteroid and send it over to mars so they can use its resources to start building out the base even further uh aleda is running the thrust station and we get some uh speech here from i think is it elena director katish or however you say her name yeah it's um yeah what was it lenara lenara katish yeah um, Miss um, Katish, as she was referred to, the the Russian space queen. Yes, essentially the person who was like threatening Margot last season, kinda. Yeah, uh, was over yeah. there, you know, making always holding Sergey's leash. Yeah, yanking it, making sure the Russian interests are uh, considered. Uh, someone named Hughes, some woman named Hughes, has taken over uh, mission control here got Margot's old job. I don't recognize her. Maybe I should from a previous season, but I don't. I, I, I was wondering because I, man, I, I, I ran, I actually ran out of time to do all the research I was trying to do because I spent like an hour and a half just reading of like early uh, new, new millennial history, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And like doing all that kind of stuff and it's just so fascinating and I'm like, holy fuck, I, I'm, I'm only 10, I'm not even five minutes in this episode. Oh my God, I gotta get going. But I, I, I tried to, I wanted to see because like if we have seen her before she was like some kind of like deputy director that was behind somebody and I mean yeah. we might have met her and known her name because she's standing behind his general but there's no way she had a huge speaking part in the previous seasons I don't think but watch me be wrong <laughs> sure. um, we kind of already talked about this but like I I had a clear and, and maybe I was just being ridiculous but I had a clear thought that this is representing Aleda in some kind of career plateau that yeah. you know i think the show was like going through the motions and i certainly was anticipating seeing her as the director of of flight operations there and yeah, yeah I, I guess maybe that the, what they showed us in the end of last season right i mean she was running a mission i i don't know what happened she's in her like mid 30s maybe late yeah. 30s is that young to be running like all of like space flight i assume so yeah maybe she just and and or but like the other thing is that it also makes sense that like all these government jobs are insanely political and if you had like margo who was the lady of nasa as your kind of like hand-picked protege and kind of put like i met bet that makes you a lot of enemies and then if she's gone even if she's gone in like a heroic death that she died in the da 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 that gets you like six months and then after that all the knives come out and the power games go so i, I wonder if she just got like outplayed or outmaneuvered there she like who else would sponsor her there at nasa besides margo yeah. 
you know, most of her friends left for Helios, right? Mm-hmm. She might have been just kind of like on an island, and she was kind of always a prickly type person anyway. Oh, yeah. So I think they are telling the story of like, yeah, she should be more than just Thrust. But well, I can't tell if it's self sabotage. You know, I, I don't necessarily blame her. She's clearly got some traumatic stuff she's dealing with. But is she doing this to herself or is the machine doing it to her? Right. Is the political machine doing it? I wish we got in an episode before this. The PTSD reintroduced itself because I didn't get anything of her like not being an exemplary employee. She seemed engaged at the job. Of course, this is mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're not going to be engaged on this day, when are you? Sure. When you're about to make historic first contact with a fucking asteroid. But no, I think, yeah, it's like, I think the story they're telling is that, um, you know, she's traumatized, but this isn't the type of trauma that gets triggered every day. You know, not every day are you in the center that you were at with the alarms going off and everybody running around screaming. It's like, that's got to be particularly hard. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like here, you know, with this first contact that, Grigori makes with the asteroid. I like that he gets a, another big historic moment under his belt before what transpires later in the episode happens. That, uh, that he shares all to himself. This isn't yes. something that he that or he got stolen. I guess that's the thing. Is that him and Danielle wrestled for it, but then it turns out the North Koreans <laughs> yeah. get it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I do wonder what the state of that is. Just. I guess politically or in the public eye or even in the the eyes of the people working at the organizations um, at Star City and MSCS or MCSC. I bet it's like any sporting event where it's like at the end of the day, it's what the scoreboard says, but the refs fucked us and sure, also sure. Our, our quarterback was hurt and also and if, if it we wasn't didn't for, show up they would have if never we had known, to slow yeah. down to bail out the russians or if we didn't have to slow down to bail out nasa or if we didn't have to let you know like yeah oh it, well it's, it, uh, with the north koreans right it's like if we didn't show up they never would have even known they got there first so you know right that's another one yeah like the only the only reason you guys were even it's kind of like eric leeson getting credit for discovering north america it's like he doesn't really even though it happened and then i guess if you really wanted to be technical the people discovered north america were some kind of people people either paddling or crossed a land bridge thirty thousand years ago so like right i don't know it's (laughs) It's it's one of those things where I and I think it's funny how this show kind of has those perspectives like mm-hmm. they understand that this is kind of ridiculous, but also it does matter not just to the people involved, but to the nations and to the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Being the recognized first is a is a is a hell of a thing. Yeah. I want to see if there's any real animosity there um, or if it's just if they've moved past it. Uh, I, it was a beautiful and ever since the word moment like I loved him yeah. like you know trailing his fingers to like get traction and just like him standing on the world's tiniest well, the world's tiny the the, gal- <laughs> the 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 solar system tiniest planet it's uh-huh. like Mario Galaxy right you see this <laughs> sure, guy yeah. on this like rock uh, it's it's super cool and the sun behind it's a really really beautiful shot and I love that four seasons in I was wondering about that too if the show could still generate that sense of wonder yeah, it does. You know, like like space is a fucking construction site now, and you just clock in, you wear your hard hat, but like, can they still generate that juice? And first episode, certainly. 
yeah opinion. that in the very last shot of this episode i think both get there for mm. me um although i yeah. will say this asteroid is not as big as i expected it to be i guess like this is the kind of <laughs> this is about equivalent to what you could mine in i don't know a day at any given mine here on earth uh mm. doesn't feel like there's a ton of resources in that asteroid but i guess that might not be true Maybe relative to uh, what they can get out of Mars, this is a huge score. That's what the episode's telling me. It's funny because I tried to look up information on this asteroid, which I think is XF or XS uh, Kronos, spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. I can't find anything. Um, now, the other thing uh, is like Kronos has been shitted up by a bunch of fiction series, including The Expanse. Star Trek. Yeah. But I tried to do some... And so I, tr- I tried to do some stuff that uh, like filtered all that stuff out. And I, I think this might be a fictitious asteroid or it completely destroyed my ability to find anything about it. Because I know that there are thought to be asteroids out there that have like literally mountains of platinum in them. Like they're for whatever reason, like all this or all or like the, the ones that are like the nickel cobalt like are extraordinarily rich in like me- metal minerals for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that like this is cheaper to get materials to Mars than it is from Earth, and maybe even totally. cheaper if you're still want, if you just want to put the stuff in orbit. Why the fuck would you put it into a gravity well to begin with? Just keep yeah. it, you know. And I'm, but but yeah, I I kind of thought that too. It's like wow, this is kind of overwhelming asteroid. But what what are you going to do? Start off a series? Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to do some test runs. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the Soviet Union where Margot wakes up, gets ready for her day in the frigid USSR. Uh, she walks down to the bakery, gets pastry, and then the newsstand to get a paper, and then to the park to eat and read. And she sees a headline that Grigori landed on the asteroid. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Margot in the morning, Russian edition. Uh, uh-huh. Looks like they took they're taking a shot at Eastern European dentistry because I've heard that's one of the healthcare in general yeah but it was free that's the thing Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. you know there's there's trade-offs but i've heard consistently that the the dental work in eastern european countries during the cold war is particularly um atrocious it's one of the ways that they could easily identify like agents like if you found a dead agent like prop their mouth open it's like jesus christ this shit looked like it was done in 1907 1937 when it's 1973 it must be a russian Mm -hmm. um so yeah, like I thought that was, and her tucking like giant hot water bottles into her coat to stay warm. I guarantee uh, the Russians aren't doing that. The, the or the Soviets aren't doing that. The Soviets are out there playing in the park with their coats open. Like she's <laughs> yeah, just this. She's it, giving herself. It, away. She's from Texas. My God, you know. And you can tell. Oh, like my every God. time she open her the the drawl that she brings to the Russian language, I think is yep. particularly entertaining and enjoyable. <laughs> um, and then you get this like this is kind of like a montage of it kind of like sucks to suck, right? But it also reminded me of and, and again this is like in a, a post Glasnost uh, better world version of Russia, but it, it kind of jibes with what I've appreciated when you read about people from all different times and cultures is like life is pretty much life no matter where you are you know there's the old bickering with the young there's people bitching Mm -hmm. about politics there's you know friendly neighbors there's neighbors you don't like uh there's a beautiful park that you can find and sit in a newspaper like you know margo has got a good life here by any stretched imagination yeah when when you think about where she could have been eight, you know, eight, or like speculate eight years where she's like, Jesus Christ, she's going to be in like one of those 
Stranger Things, uh, you know, Sheriff Hopper, mm-hmm. Labor Camps. Yeah. Uh, n- no. Um, but she's still being followed? Or, like, l- let me ask you, I read on this. Is Margot still being followed, or is Margot surprised to find out she's being followed again? I think it's the latter. I did, too. I feel like, obviously, she's probably followed left, right, and center the first year or two, but then they got bored, like, ah, she's not going to do anything weird. But, like, mm-hmm. this isn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys are still following me. This is like, oh, that's weird. Someone's following me. Yeah, yeah. I, and and given what we see later with her second with her encounter in the park, I th- I think there are new developments on that front. This episode, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, and it it kind of plays into, you know, what I talked about in the opening here with where I think they're going with the Soviet Union. They're, they're pushing in two directions here because I feel like the economic boom that happened uh, in that the period between seasons has it is kind of pushing in the direction away from like reagan who because reagan didn't become president uh there was and and they didn't need oil there was never a push to really like drive the the prices down yeah Yeah. and so the russian economy took off instead right um Uh in in a different direction they didn't they didn't get their uh economy suppressed by low oil prices uh and I think they're headed in that direction on one end, but in the other end, I feel like there's a KGB behind-the-scenes thing going on with Gorbachev here that is very much mirrors the fall of the Soviet Union in our world. So, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this, but I could see it going either direction. Yeah. I I have a feeling, uh, you know, like last year I said, uh, you know, the the Woody Woodpecker I reference where it's like uh, if if Margot had only gone to the FBI, none of this would have ever happened. I have a feeling I'm going to say more than once, if Margot had only gone to the KGB, none of this would have ever happened. Like I, oh, I feel uh, like yeah, it's going to be repeated last year. It's like you you should just you should just you should just turn this over to internal security. What do you do? What what are you are you gonna you're gonna leave? there's no re- you're gonna, yeah I really want to talk lead, about lead that. The, the, the you're gonna be be the American leader of the coalition against the rush like what what are you doing here margo uh yeah it's kind of wild but we'll see what she does with it you know <laughs> maybe she will turn it in we we only see her pick the card up so this is true uh, maybe the soviets are poisoning her with baked goods there's Mar- a little margo something famously extra. margo famously able to ignore pulling at threads oh of course just just gonna yeah. like ah eh, let this just let this obvious mystery go i'm not gonna call that phone number uh i think she's being slowly poisoned by the soviets with baked goods a little something special in this batch you can't refuse it's yeah let me give you the powdered sugar which is actually radioactive uh uh stuff we shaved off the elephant's foot in chernobyl like uh, yep yep it it could be that's it's more of a putin thing (laughs) we're still in the gorbachev era sure sure gotta get the yeltsin and then putin we we got yeah well we'll wait until 19 we'll wait until 2007 2008 that's when you start getting your ass poisoned yeah uh, the other thing that's mentioned here is inflation is becoming a problem there. You know, the the economy, and this kind of mirrors what happened too, the economy is moving so quickly and growing so fast, and, and privatization is happening, like an open market, and suddenly people are unable to afford the goods that are on offer, whereas there was a lot of price control before, which let them yeah. afford those goods. So 
Well, see yeah, how the state owns out. everything, so selling to private interest is a quick way to turn the buck. Like, uh, right? I don't know where it's up on the ballot today that Cincinnati could sell this railroad <laughs> that we rent to some uh. rail. We rent to some railroad for $25 million a year, and my understanding is we want to sell it for $100 million paid over the next four years. And I'm like, well, how the fuck does that make sense? How the fuck does something the city built 100 yeah. years ago that makes us $25 million a year in revenue, we're going to sell it for 100 What? What the? Ah. Uh, yeah, it's, but it's like, yeah, so that's the thing that's crazy. It's well, it's funny is like I when I was watching this, I'm like, I wonder how many Americans watching this are deeply empathizing with the Russians as depicted on this show, because like the Russians on the street are talking about all the shit that we're talking about now. Sure. Yeah. You know, Mass like runaway inflation. inflation, the fact that it doesn't seem like anyone in the government has any answers for us little people. The fact that like, you know, feel like so concerned we're overseas, pockets we're and, not doing stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Not doing stuff now, but like also low key. No one's interested in doing things here either. It's like, right, right. yeah, it's it's um, I would have never thought that back in the early aughts that I would ever be like, oh, yeah, fucking Russians. I, I understand where they're coming from. But then another tw- the next 20 years happen. So what are yeah. you going to do? Uh, let's go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, a guy named Miles, who we don't know yet, is looking for his good shirt for an interview. Uh, he's over at his wife's father's house, I think, is is what he says at some point. I don't know. She's staying there with her kids. They're, it's clear they're separated. She wants him to sign the divorce papers, and he thinks he can still make things work because he's got an interview coming up that's going to change everything. It's a mining job on the moon. And she tells him, ah, don't get your hopes up. This is the most Armageddon thing since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so really Armageddon, is. it's crazy. It really is. And you know what, Bruce, Af- uh, or, uh, Bruce Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck, apparently you're wrong. Um, <laughs> because it apparently m- might be cheaper to just bring miners up to the moon rather than train moon astronauts to be good miners. Uh, yeah, that's at least so. what the for all mankind has looked at the numbers and they, they check out. Um, can I this this woman that plays his wife looks as close to Rebecca Ferguson yep. as you as the law will legally allow. I think that if she looked one percent more that Rebecca Ferguson could sue this woman's mother and father for brand infringement. Uh, she is not Rebecca Ferguson. She's Shannon Lucio. How? This is wild. I actually thought, like, oh, my God, Rebecca Ferguson, like, it's wild that she starred in the silo. Now she's playing, like, fourth banana at this Opie here and For All Mankind. It's, it's, I couldn't believe it wasn't Rebecca Ferguson. No, it looks a lot like her, but definitely not her. Yeah. She's got uh, some problems with th- this guy, though. He's, he's apparently into all sorts of get-rich-quick schemes, which caused uh, some friction in their marriage, I, I take it, and... But, but it's not the only problem, right? Like, he's planning to go to the moon for four months. He ends up going for to Mars for two years, and he thinks this is somehow going to improve his relationship with his family. Well, the guy does look like he's a real dumb fuck. Um, he doesn't know where his shirts are. Uh, he got into debt at, to Amway, uh, a known scam to the tune of $3,000. Meanwhile, his wife is trying to raise chickens and doing victory far gardens in the, in the backyard so that she can feed the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, also he's, he's, uh, he came into a world where he thought he could be a, a oil, uh, rigged, a Derek worker and make six figures for, you know, a couple months work out of the year, dangerous work, hard work, uh, uh, bad, you know, uh, bad conditions away from your family, but still, 
and the world got the the carpet got pulled out from underneath his feet i'm like mm-hmm. i i i feel i feel sorry for this guy you know um and it feels like a lot of the relationship troubles like you know maybe his wife uh, uh, rebecca ferguson here wouldn't mind everything if he's if he's earning that steady income and you know he's providing a roof over the head or her head but like he's not that's the only thing he ever provided it seems like and he's not doing that so you can see where guys like this can really feel you know ill used by society um even though it's really easy to look and be like well why didn't you apply yourself why don't you go to college why don't you do this why don't you do that why don't you keep track of your shirts or learn how to use an iron or mm-hmm. you know, uh, follow a court decree for a separation uh, agreement. You know, it's like there's, but underlying it, yeah. Like, what do you do for guys like Miles? Uh, well, I'm curious what the show is going to say about that because it's interesting to me that the place he turns to find a solution for losing his oil job is the new energy jobs and the new mining jobs, right? Like all of this he's going to helios the company that put him out of work in the first place to apply for a new job so is i do wonder if the show is trying to say well you know yes the old jobs may disappear and that's troublesome for the people with those jobs but they can find new jobs in the new sectors that open up because of it i mean that's it seems like we we tell ourselves right it's like for every coal miner who's out of work then that person can be wiring up solar panels in you know, probably a state that's thousands or hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from their family. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's a good story, right? Like we're creating all these jobs or green jobs, but also like these jobs require higher levels of education and experience and and training. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if we're going to live in a country where it's like, we got to work to eat, we got to make sure we provide work for people like miles, man. Like yeah. not everyone can have a PhD in, you know, moon minology to, 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 to put food on their family's table. And I am, that's always, I, I'm always interested in like utopian stuff like that, where they like try to do the, the, the nitty gritty details of like, mm-hmm. how does all this worker transition happen? What does that look like to the families involved? You know? Um, yeah. And, and when I, you- I hope we get an, uh, some good stories out of that. When you pair that with the political and economic transformation of the Soviet Union, you start to see a picture that's like, ah, the transition period is rough. Yes, you might be going towards some positive goals long term, and these might be good things for society at large, but there is a transition period in which people get kind of crushed under the weight of that, you know? Uh there, there's massive inflation. 100%. People without the jobs to handle that, without the new jobs that pay the new money uh, are going to get lost somewhere. And Miles feels like one of those guys until actually Miles feels like the success story. He's able to find the job to get to the next phase of his life. Whereas I bet a lot of people are not. They're just lost. But even that success story requires him to take this extremely risky job that's going to bring him out of his family for right two years. And you, and you look at the relationship that he's got with his elder daughter, which like seems like she's kind of getting old enough that she sees as her daddy's bullshit. The mm-hmm. youngest one doesn't. He's she's he's still daddy, but like you know, she understands her mom and helps out enough to the know that like, oh man, a lot of what's happening in her life that sucks is probably because dad's a little bit of a dummy. And uh-huh. now he's going to be gone out of her life for two years. She's going to go from like 13 to 15. Like that's a, you literally can't, I mean, I, I'm sure you'll get a boatload of money, but like, you're never going to get that time back. You're never going to be able to be there for your daughter in these formative years. And that's rough. That's really rough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
T-minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. I don't know how you can compensate someone fairly for that. That's the thing. I'm wondering what the salaries are like on this, on the uh, Mars mission for two years. On the one hand, you think there's a lot of hazard pay involved. But on the other hand, you look at the supply and demand issue and you say, people want to do this. People people are yeah. itching to get out there. And there's so many people put out of jobs that are have the same qualifications as Miles. How many yeah. do you really need out on Mars? How many can you sustain out on Mars, you know? Yeah, because it's still fucking Mars. Yeah. They're fuck all uh-huh. the, eat, the eat out there, you know? Right. So... I'm not going to find the cabbage or potato asteroid. <laughs> probably not. I don't know what's out there, you but probably not. can't eat platinum, last I checked, yeah. But but it, it, it makes me wonder if it's actually going to be as lucrative a gig as you would think. Yeah. Well, and that even goes like that's another way that like even in more the, the like even in a more utopian, you know, better setting that like you can still have the haves and haves nots because guys like Miles that do make it and they come back and they got like a half million dollar contract after two years, they're going to have coins jingling in their pocket and they're going to be like, I don't understand what people don't like about this country. It's like it's so, you know, it's American yeah. dream is still alive. And then the 10 guys that didn't make it and are still on the welfare rules and their families are imploding and all that. It's like. Yeah, like um, it's just it's always a bad time to be the ones left behind in an economy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you should try to keep as few people from feeling that feeling as possible because, boy, that that tends to cause problems. Oh, yeah. People tend to blow up space centers when shit like that happens. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go over to a birthday party where Danielle's bringing out the cake. It's Danny's daughter's ninth birthday party. Uh, Bad Danny. Bad Danny, yes. good Danny's bringing out the cake. Very confusing. I know. Too many Dannys. So Danielle asks, uh, that's why I'm calling Danny, the good Danny, Danielle, throughout this entire thing. Yes. Um, Good good call. She asks Amber how she's doing, and she says she's all right, but, you know, it's... It gets easier every day, and and we see that Danielle is all smiles until she sees a picture of Bad Danny. Uh... Did the astronauts murder Danny on Mars? Man, Will talks about how that had a bad end. Like, uh-huh. I think Danny kills himself is what I think. Wow. I mean, it's got it's got to be right. He definitely didn't come back. So. He's not in the photo of the Mars of the Mars astronauts returning. So there's no way he made it back. You're right. Even if he were convicted, like even if he was a person standing trial in like, you know, quasi military corporate custody, he would still be in that picture, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely there's there'll be other pieces of this puzzle, but like this is a big one. Um mm-hmm. But I also like it's like goes back to like Danielle being like the best fucking person. Like we saw evidence last season that she maybe more than anyone else looked after Danny almost like, you know, she was his son. Uh, You know, her parent, you know, obviously she felt close to uh, her father. You know, she was one of the Bobs. Right. And this is like, you know. Uh, her brother's son like she's at least the the big aunt. Right. But like she's Mm -hmm. playing a mother-in-law role to amber here you know she's really being there for her um in an important way and it's just like man 
I just, I just, Danielle's just the fucking best. What can you say? Yeah, it feels to me like she's doing the, what, the Karen thing from last season when there was a crisis. Yeah. Karen went around yeah. and kind of brought everybody together like they would back in the 60s, right? But that was like more of the great lady where it's like, you yeah. know, I'm the commander of the astronaut's wife. This is like, I'm your mom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the difference between a Karen and a Danielle, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, and then Ed gets a message from Kelly and she and Alexi's mother are taking care of her child, Alex. Um, Kelly wants him to come home soon to get rid of <laughs> this old bitty. She's apparently a lot to be around. I So the first time I watched this, I didn't pick up that this is literally Alexi's mother. Yeah. It says she got this badass babushka from from minsk uh <laughs> just just yeah and you know how pissed she has to be to be summoned from russia to take care of her idiot son who got off and get you know you can just hear the speech she's got about him going off and getting killed and this american girl and mm-hmm. you know uh she hates ed. She's have to take yeah. care she hates ed because ed's just off gallivanting while she's stuck down here dealing with all this stuff and yeah they really <laughs> they really paint a picture uh-huh really paint a picture uh yeah that's that's the thing i i want to call this kelly's mother-in-law but i don't think they were ever married i think he died sooner than that so i just gotta call what it martian Alex's law grandmother. by what martian law were they not married that's what True. i that's that's martian common law you know? yeah they were definitely married yeah they were they were martian common law for you sure. share a hab you, for you, more you, than six months and you're married i think if you share genetic material it's yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any, any quantity of genetic material shared mm-hmm. common law martian martian wife uh th- here's where we start getting glimpses of the strained relationship here and and ed's failing health too ed's having trouble with his hand he looks down at it um when when he's getting this message from Kelly about coming home, which is important, and he's apparently supposed to be coming home in two months, which raises some tension later. Yep. And the other thing is we know from the previous scene with Gregory that he is still doing his Ed Baldwin thing, where as his capacity of executive officer on Mars, which is like the first officer, he's still rigging the system where he keeps coming up in all the uh, pi- the choice pilot assignments and like should he be with his hand trimmer this very, very good question like later on when he takes manual control yes. of those thrusters i uh, don't know ed don't know don't know if you should be doing this ed yeah i want i want data at that control not barkley but, you know, like we also have seen from Molly like how hard it is for these people who have had you know these these high charging jobs and their adrenaline junkies how hard it is for them to give it up and to retool oh yeah and uh, ed no molly no that much (laughs) uh so the asteroid is hooked up via cables for the journey back to mars we get to see the whole process here uh they're firing bolts into an asteroid uh I, i found this fascinating like how do you how do you fire something into a planet where you have no gravity to hold you down well, you got to strap right. yourself in first, right? Yep. Yep. So why are you firing bolts when you obviously have the capacity to screw things in in a way that can withstand the the forces of the bolt being fired in? I don't know. I don't, that seemed weird to me, but... There's a couple things seem weird to me. Like, I don't know where they're trying to tell the story of these 
um, spikes being uh, just literally in the ground three inches, or you're supposed to understand that they snapped off, but they don't look anywhere near long enough to do the job you're supposed to be doing here. Agreed. Yeah. I'm no asteroid The, the whole thing seems pusher. oddly fragile. Why use bolts in the first place? Why not just totally encircle the asteroid with a cable and hook it up back at the truss again? Or why are we pushing instead of towing? Yes. Because, like, I get... So, like, I, and I, first of all, I'm like, well, won't this cause a bunch of debris that strikes the aircraft? And I looked it up, and I'm like, I'm, I'm currently NASA's most powerful ion engine produces five newtons of thrust which i don't know you know how much that is it's like two and a half air books <laughs> yeah it uh <laughs> it's I don't know. The, it, it essentially it's essentially that allows you to move uh five kilograms per second and accelerate them per each time per, that's the energy required to accelerate a kilogram um a one meter per second per second okay so that's like that's wow. like 10 pounds five kilograms pounds that's it uh comparing comparing to the uh f1 engines on the saturn 5 that could make 33 million newtons uh ion thrusters are not very very powerful now obviously these are big ass honking ion thrusters but their whole shtick is they're very low power but they just never run out of fuel so it's it's slight consistent thrust mm-hmm. so Okay, they're not going that fast, so the shit falling off the asteroid, and they show it. It goes by it like 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 the sp- pace of snow driving. You know, when you're going down the highway, not even that fast. It's kind of like drifting past. But mm-hmm. still, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you just cover the whole thing in like mesh, uh, and then tow it behind you? Is it are there, the, are there with, worries about deceleration? Like when you get to your destination, you're going so fast that the deceleration might be a problem at that point. And it's better to have the problems early if you're going to have them. Uh, but you're going to have problems of you know, like the deceleration problems you're going to have on the acceleration side and vice versa. It's like it, it did nothing. It, the only thing I can think of is like you would impede your thrust if you are sure. towing something H- hitting, by definition. Yeah, you're hitting the rock with your thrust and it's. But it looked like those ion thrusters were canted out about 30 degrees anyway, which. It, this ship looked like it was designed to tow this asteroid. I have no I, idea. That's like, I, what I initially I, assumed when I first saw the rig, I was like, "Oh, the spaceship mm-hmm. goes that way," and then 100%. the spaceship went that way, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea. Like, I this this uh, uh nothing jumped out like the crazy garden hose fire <laughs> no. fire hose snake cables from last season, but I was side eyeing the setup the entire time. The the cables so the cables look really wonky, right? Like they're they look like they're zigzagging across the surface of this thing like some spaz put them down yeah. there, but like Yeah, it's like just just walk out a random <laughs> distance and throw your yeah. throw your thing in there. But but I, I think what's happening there is you're seeing it from an angle and there's elevation differences between the things, so it looks like it's zigzag, but if you looked at it from directly above, it would all be perfectly in line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It, yeah, it all just seems it all seems a little weird, but look, I'm no astrophysicist. I'm sure True. there are plenty of reasons. I'm sure they consulted with people on this. So yeah, it seems like this. Uh, it's also just a lot easier to cut a cable than it is to do whatever the hell they had to do to adjust. And and yeah. also, ah, we'll wait till we get to the disaster part. Yeah, we'll have to wait long. Yeah, it's coming up here in a second. Um, they did have we we did have this discussion between the asteroid workers. 
Yeah, it's... you have one that looks like Cousin Mary from Downton Abbey talking to this mm-hmm. redheaded guy, and you can see again the effects of uh, the the profit motive at work here. Mm-hmm. That uh, this is not about the science. This is not about the first. Everybody else is talking about that. They're talking about their paychecks and their bonuses and whether you know if if, if they have to do a safety delay that takes money out of their pockets. That's yeah. The, these know. things are at it's, odds, it's... right? Safety and speed. Yes, yes. And we'll be the last time we talked about frictions of budgets um, Mm -hmm. this episode. Uh, So let's go back to MCSC, where Aleda's son is visiting to see the big mission, though he's not very interested. And Administrator Hobson comes up and tells her about his first time, that his father took him to his job, even though he didn't appreciate it at the time, it eventually uh, felt worthwhile. It stuck with him. Uh, he thinks the same will happen with her son. Yeah, I feel like I didn't want to like Marv. But I'm finding myself liking Marv. Like, this feels fake as fuck. Like, this is so corny. Like, you went to your dad's factory and you got... But, like, the way... By the time you got done with the speech, I'm like... Yeah, I kind of feel proud of your old man. And your town for making cars or whatever the hell you're making. He's He's got that uh, that, that politician thing, you know? Mm, yeah. Play the like, game. like the gifted politician where it's like they 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 can say corny shit and you believe it sure i suppose he's good at he, he's good at schmoozing he's good at schmoozing it's hard for me to get the daniel stern of this out of the picture though i i will admit i'm having a little trouble taking daniel stern seriously and i know uh-huh. he's had serious roles in the past and i've seen some and he's not bad in them it's just He's Those more the known. Think of. No, he's more known for Home Alone and and yeah. and stupid like Boy Scout movies, the comedy shit like from the nineties. I I don't know. I'll be fine. I just need a couple episodes to acclimate. Uh, I'll never be fine. He was gonna be. I'm ser- <laughs> dead serious. He's gonna be. Mar- I think he actually is on. This is on elaborate backstory. He's on the run for trying to kidnap a child on two separate occasions. Uh-huh, uh huh. And uh, it will never not if he shows up in any kind of bandaging or injured at all in this show, it's never going to not be funny. I don't care if the if the Molly Cobb Space Center gets blown up again and he's got I his face wrapped up and his arm in a sling. It's like, it's like I will never believe it was suffered as a result of the bombing. I'll think, well, you know, Kevin came to town yep. and uh, he had to have another 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 crack at that safe. Uh, yeah. That's all there is to it. Got taught a lesson again by a child. Yeah, he better stay away from Aleda's kid. Who knows what bad things will happen True. to him. True. This kid looks like he's a little too old for Home Alone type shenanigans, but eh. I don't know. Does he own a BB gun? Uh-huh. Does he have access to a bowling ball? <laughs> you never know. Uh, Here's the thing is like there is yeah. nothing in this sequence that think that makes me think Aleda is anything less than a trusted, respected, long-term employee of NASA. Uh-huh. There's no hint of interaction that she is on the outs with anybody. Like everything is still cool, which just makes me think that this thrust thing is not a career flame out. It's but but I don't know. That's, that's the evidence I'm putting in that. Yeah, a little I'm putting in that pile. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It it, it all feels very natural, and that's strange. Uh, so all the also, cables. Yeah. The defend the defend the latest kid. There's nothing the exciting happening just yet. No. Like I'd be on my phone too, and I'm the biggest NASA nerd. And like it's it's like there's this there's just there's a bunch of boring shit that happens before the historic stuff happens. So 
Yeah, let, 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 let the kid off. Let him play Clash of Kings or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all the cables are secured, so they fire up the engines to begin the transport mission, and everything seems to be going well. Um, we kind of talked about a lot of this stuff, and it's about to get exciting here in a second, so let's go over to Miles uh, arriving at Helios for his interview. And there are tons of applicants... During the interview, he lies about his education, but it seems to work out for him because they say, well, there's a slot for you on the moon in two years. And he says, look, I can't wait two years. My family's going to shit and asks if there's anything sooner. And they apparently have a slot available on Mars uh, immediately if he's willing to do that. Yeah. Well, if you're truly desperate, we have the Truly Desperate Men's program where we risk your lives 70 more percent. And you're gone three hundred percent longer from your family for forty percent more. Twenty percent bonus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tw- for look at I'm look generous. at Mr. Moneybags over say? here. Look at the fucking communists giving the workers forty percent when they'll take twenty, and you know it. They will. They will. That's the supply and demand thing I was talking about. With so many applicants ready to go at the drop of a hat, I feel like the hazard pay is not going to be what you'd want it to be. You're going to have yeah. people saying, I'll like do that. Son I, I can. Who will pay you to go, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I will go to Mars for $20 uh, in a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No problem. But I don't know. They don't seem to be telling that story because he takes the job. I'm sure he's aware of what the salary is at that point. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure it is. Like, I, that's the thing. It's like. These dangerous jobs, you know, when you're out in the the you know the the North Sea on an oil platform, or you're you're uh, up in the Alberta uh, oil shale sands or whatever, like they're 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 hard, brutal jobs, and they pay well, man. They they mm-hmm. do pay well, especially when you compare it to everything else in the surrounding economy. I don't yeah. think I paid for what they're worth in mm-hmm. terms of like what they do psychologically and physically to you, but they're they're paid pretty well. They're paid pretty well, so I imagine like I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets a half million dollars for a two year tour in Mars, sure. which you know is life changing money and and for for this family, I have no doubt. Imagine all the Amway he can buy with that half million dollars. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like we were undercapitalized, honey. We need to come back when you buy them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Fill that well, garage with Amway. Well, that's that's the ultimate tragedy about a lot of these people that like, you know, I've read a lot of stories about guys who got rich in like, you know, North Dakota, quote unquote. Right. But like the whole fools and their money, you give a 23 year old, you know, uh, $80,000 for working three months. Guess what he's going to do with it? He's going to fucking blow every cent of it before. And not everybody. Some of them, sure, you know, invest in houses and their education and all that kind of stuff. But it's like. You know, uh, the the average stripper trajectory and and uh, oil rig Derek worker trajectory, I imagine, are pretty similar. And that it's got a sad end once your physical abilities no longer can carry you. Uh, I th- if you haven't thought ahead, and and most of them probably most of them don't don't seem to. I think he's gonna come back from Mars and do like a do like the gang does and Always Sunny, and he's just gonna buy a bunch of gasoline and store it in that garage. <laughs> and just and then when he can't sell, he's gonna complain. Just you know, there was a downturn in the gasoline market. Who could have foreseen it? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're on fusion now, so maybe <laughs> other people could have seen it, Miles. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Dennis made a good pitch. Sure did. Who's the wild card? I think Miles is the wild card. Miles is the wild <laughs> card. Yeah, of this season. 
Uh, so let's go back up to the asteroid where the in the middle here of the transport mission. I don't know how far along they are. I don't know how close to Mars they are. I wish I would have got some context here. Um, the cables start coming loose and the ship starts wobbling. Ed tries to manually Goddamn correct. cables. <laughs> yeah, you want to... Space's greatest monsters. Yeah, they're terrifying. I wouldn't want to face a cable in space. Uh, and yet they also are life-giving, you know? What's strapping you True. to the side of that spaceship, if not a cable? It's, it's cable. It's like being a sailor. You got to love the thing trying to kill you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Ed tries to manually correct this wobble, but it doesn't work. And Grigori decides to go back out to the asteroid to retension the cables. Parker, the guy who really wants his bonus, goes with him. And he's killed when the truss breaks apart. And Gregory's Gregory's leg is stuck. And he's leaking O2. And Ed starts the emergency, emergency disconnect procedure saying, I'm going out to get him. But it's too late. So he jettisons the asteroid with a dying Grigori on it. And we're right back in it, man. This show, like... the. Of of all the things I said, you know, at the beginning, how this show is just a lot of setup for this first episode, this is an exciting bit here. Like, this show does yeah, and, this space danger tension so well. And it works because I don't think it's schmuck bait. Like, I, I and I certainly knew my son believed it. Like, he should have seen his. His eyes was big as dinner plates. He was gulping fish or gulping, <laughs> he was gulping fish like a landed dock. <sighs> He's gulping air like a fish on a uh, like landed on a dock and clearly worried. And I'm like, I want to say like, don't man, look. He's but I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can. First off, you're 17. You're ready to deal with some some death and disappointment. Second, uh, yeah, they might kill Ed here, man. I'm worried too. Uh, especially yeah. when he's like, fuck it, uh, I got to go out there and save my buddy. I'm like, oh my god, the whole old generation is getting wiped out. Um, yep. We talked about the trimmer. The other interesting piece of liability is that the Martian commander who what a great idea to have a, a commander on Mars that can actually have like almost real time communication with these guys rather than waiting the, totally. the long yeah. light distance or it, presumably he's got control of the situation and all of the boots on the ground, so to speak, roundly ignore his advice to shut this down, to separate mm-hmm. and figure it out later. And you got to wonder, like. Why is why is for Gregory and or Gregory and and Ed's perspective? They both agree. It's like, what are we going to do if we don't do now? Like, why are they so gripped up at the timetable? Is this a Helios thing where they're like these former astronaut cosmonauts are now like serving the profit motive? Are they uh, sweating I, efficiency and money over lives? Because it I don't certainly fucking feels so. like it. I, so, so I, I, there are several contexts I wish I had more of here, but one of them is the state of Happy Valley in the astronauts' minds. Like, the actual astronauts, not just the private contractors. Are they like Happy aware... Happy Valley needs this? Yeah, are, are they aware live? of the strife back home? Like, you know, the president wants to shut them down if they can't get their shit together in a certain amount of time, and if they lose this asteroid, this could be the end of Happy Valley? Because Ed would... A hundred percent want to salvage this if that's the case. If he knows about that, because he doesn't. Especially since go it seems like, you know, from from Will's conversation with Danielle at the end of the episode, that like that's an effective piece of pressure to put on somebody. That like, you know, with all this stuff to happen with Danny and uh, yes. your wife and Danny's kid, and boy, it'd be a shame for this all those sacrifices to to mean nothing ultimately because. Mm-hmm. We couldn't retention a goddamn cable, isn't that? Yeah, 
But it still and, goes back to the economic. It still goes back to the economics. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the back on Earth, right? Like the political economics yeah, here, yeah, where yeah. we don't want to spend this much money on NASA if we're not seeing some return. The fact that, like, yeah, we already this this Martian base is already profitable, but if it doesn't mean be even more profitable, then like we would. I mean, there's the implicit yeah. understanding that they would rather kill. Like if they had ten, like an unblemished last eight year safety record on Mars, I guarantee the people in boardrooms being like, you know, we could kill an astronaut or two and save a couple billion dollars. Like in the grand scheme uh-huh. of things, that would be better, right? And uh, it just feels like that is after Margot was swept aside, like that was the last person saying no to some of this shit. And now there's nobody. Even Ed's working for a company. He's not working for NASA. Yeah, it's, and it's, then it's the guy—the guy at the head of NASA, the administrator—is from corporate America. I mean, he—he's the guy who turned Chrysler around, right? So he's yeah. coming in and making cuts to programs that are over budget, and and maybe because of safety issues and things like that. So, well, and it's a wild that like us because like Ed, you know, he's always lying. It's like you never want people making these decisions on GoNo and having people astronauts' lives in their hands that the asses weren't on the line. Well, the people whose asses are on the line are making the calls and are making bad, stupid calls. It seems like, it seems like to me. So it's like it's just some of these ironies that you see play out over the years. I think are interesting. I'm curious how much of this is actually Ed's fault because Ed's got this hand, this tremor in his hand that. Yeah. Here's the thing. When Ed takes the stick, I'm like, fuck yes, this is the Riker move. Ed's Grab manual ball, yeah. control and go. And in previous yep. seasons, he would have nailed this. He yes. I, I think he controls this this wobble. He makes everything cool. They go out there, they retitch in the cables, everything's good. When his hands are shaking, he's unable to do he's that. Not. And being Ed, he's unable to say, My hands my aren't hands up to this. Here, this. co pilot, take this, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. I think a lot of this is Ed's fault directly. And, and that's kind of what the, the even thing is about at the end where he's just staring out the window thinking about what he's done here. It's a little kind of like a, you know, kind of like not quite as bad as Danny, but also like you just condemn the guy for putting people at risk and, you know, because you couldn't. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of interesting things they're doing with that. And I think it might be a little strong to say it's all Ed's fault because, like, oh, we're totally, talking yeah. about, like, you know, like, he's he's Ed Baldwin at 85%, which is still probably better than the vast majority of people in that position. Mm-hmm. But still, like, Ed's used to having 100% of Ed Baldwin and maybe even in times of crisis, 110% of Ed Baldwin. And he doesn't mm-hmm. have that to tap on anymore. And you're right. it It's probably not the reason, to, but, you know... Ed should have, as the XO, known his capabilities and known his crew's capabilities, and and ultimately the it's on him. And what's interesting is it seems like the Martian commander is the one that's actually going to take the fall. Yeah, Peters. That's like, yeah, the guy who was him. saying we we shouldn't, but like that's kind of funny that you know again we haven't had the whole uh, five five uh, you know re- report on this latest crisis, right? But it's interesting that the guy making the call at NASA is like wanting to replace the guy who was more out like his abundance of caution would have saved lives. Yeah. But that's the guy that's on the chopping block. Which is interesting and that you're is, replacing him with Danielle Poole, yeah. who is also like that, too. Right. Like 
she would right. have made but that are they trying call. to borrow her reputation of being a careful considered measured commander and mm-hmm. then try to apply the screws and the pressure that they do to everybody to keep it going it's like well it's a shame if this fail- colony would fail it'd be a shame I-, I don't know because like yeah it seems like danielle has like maybe the last completely platinum plated reputation they have at nasa seems like and it, yeah. do they want her because of that reputation or they want a reputation and they want uh a less platinum plated danielle i well, maybe clearly, the I think, to I think, deal with I think Marv, as, as much as I think Marv is a good guy, he's also a guy who puts the profits ahead of the, the lives, it seems like to me. Yeah, or at least gives them equal weight. He's, he's yeah. trying to walk a line that doesn't need and, and, to be and, walked. And profit beats ties, too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, a, it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um I, the thing about this mission is I can't believe that they don't just immediately look at the situation and start the emergency procedures. When that first cable comes loose, that's a catastrophic mission failure. That's yeah, and I know, the- like I laid out all the reasons that Ed might want to continue, but everybody in that ship can see that cable come loose. That's mm-hmm. game over, man. There's no mm-hmm. retensioning yeah. anything. You got to replace no. the bolts, but the cables are not slack. So like. uh, yeah there's no way to fix that here's the other thing i don't understand is it seemed like this entire crisis could have been averted just by stopping the gas now they do at some point but could it could be and i had time to research that that an ion engine is like a nuclear reactor and that like once you start it it's a big fucking thing to stop it and you can't restart you like you like if you scram a nuclear reactor you can't just be like, oh, fuck, we should yeah. have done that. Start, you know, turn the key, start it back up. No, you got to be probably dragged back to port and like spend several years getting your shit fixed. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I even seem to think that like maybe that is like some kind of unstoppable reaction that you have to like, you know, like, I, I don't know. And there's also the idea that like they didn't have enough RCS as those reaction control thrusters propellant. Um, that was the the Martian guy worried about like, you know, if they go under 20 percent you know rcs threshold then they're like because that, that's like you've got no way to con- control your steering in space sure so but yeah like i felt like the only the, the, the way to stop this would just be literally to stop because then it's like well you're just drifting with an asteroid at very low yeah. relative velocity you got all the time in the world to fix those tensions like i yeah i i don't think they did a very good job of explaining the exact technical situation that made this into a true crisis uh, mm-hmm. So they didn't have all the wavy cables and all that stuff that was ridiculous last year. But like, I feel like they cheated by not by doing an unusual scenario and then doing no explanation whatsoever for us, the viewers, so we could kind of like critique the decisions made. Sure. Yeah. And well, I think the the important thing they're trying to get at here is uh, Ed, right? I mean, Ed's attitude, yeah, his Ed's physical condition, yeah. yeah, all of that. Um, and that was it's not just Ed. It was Gregor. Gregory wanted to too. Like Into, he wanted. Yeah. They these guys are, and they've always been invested in making these missions work. When it's like, well, if we you can't stop here because we'll all die in space. But like the option of stopping here seems like it was always on the table. But mm-hmm. none of the guys wanted to do it. And you know, from the workers on up to the guys calling the shots. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting from Gregory. Um, let's go back to NASA where we're kind of <laughs> you see all of this play out in space here at the asteroid and then when you go back to Earth you kind of rewind a little bit because of the delay 
uh, which I thought was mm. interesting. So Aleda's mm. having this panic attack while the crisis is sort of ongoing um, and she has to abandon her station. Uh, not a good look. Everybody's calling her name, Aleda, where are you going? That That's uh, the thing. This is rough. Her sneaking away after lunch on Friday, like everyone, including the flight director, is not only noticing her leaving, be like, what the fuck? Where are you going? We need you. There's an active crisis happening. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like the way they told this story, it's like, of course, this is happening. But all and and also like a lady doesn't have the best experience with mental health. You know, she's kind of got a shaky foundation there to begin with. And it's just like I just felt so bad because as soon as I saw her i immediately understood what's going to happen and like this is an in, essentially an involuntary control it'd be like whacking yeah. someone's knee with a hammer and getting mad that they kicked you mm-hmm. like your brain is just going to like take control and be like yeah fuck out you know your 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 body's going to take control of your brain and there's just you know it's like criticizing someone for not being able to lift something too heavy for them it's like she just uh-huh. reached her limit but it's going to have probably pretty severe career repercussions for her Oh, yeah. And, you know, you follow it on with the stuff that happens the next day where NASA's trying to call her and she's not answering. Yeah. And that's that's not good. Uh, but and it's then all I will like say too, it's like death stuff, right? I mean, they, they, we get a lot of flashbacks here to yeah, the traumatic the bombing Johns, experience. Um, Margo's death. The sirens going off. The corridors being filled with smoke. Yeah. The people, you know, hurt. And, yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's yeah, I'm extremely sympathetic, but it's also one of those things where it's like if your job is to lift heavy objects and you can't do it, then you probably shouldn't have that job. Mm-hmm. Like if you are prone to uh, if, if you found out like, you know, if you are prone to like having seizures, like maybe you won't be able to drive because it doesn't protect you or others to put you out of the road. I, I do wonder if like Aleda is is, is she going to be able to hide this? Because it seems clear from like inferences in the trailer and all stuff stuff we talked about in the preview that mm-hmm. like she's going to transition to helios and i wonder yeah. is helios take her with this knowledge or is this something that like kind of gets swept under the rug that she is at going through active trauma and it and can interfere with her ability to manage a crisis i don't know yeah the the thing is we used to have a like a confidant for her right and bill he used to be the guy that she could talk to and and he could like press her on these things but she doesn't have that person in her yeah. life now so i think what she's my guess is what she's going to try and do is just play this off like actually i have no idea how i would excuse that because that's a wild uh-huh. breach of protocol but like i don't know how you can i don't think she's going to tell him the real reason that she was having a panic attack and so they're just going to fire her for other reasons and then she'll go over she's to gonna say she had gas she had <laughs> I a yeah i, I had so a bad she's up late at night with her kids uh flu like i i yeah because i'm wondering but like what's more important than this in the moment i'm wondering if she gets fired and bill hears about it from helios and he assumes it's a lady being a lady in terms of like your butt yeah, heads yeah. of management and it's like well you know where we appreciate go-getters and charge chargers over here at helios and he's going to recruit her not knowing that she's that kind of like a you know this this liability if she doesn't get her shit shit figured out yeah um, i don't think anybody's gonna know yeah, I, I, know. I, I do wonder what would drive her to take another position in roughly the same job like it's got to be nasa firing her that's no i mean, I mean personally is, this... why would she accept another position that would trigger her ptsd in this way <laughs> oh 
maybe it's uh, it's more removed maybe it's not something as direct as like thrust control um and people make all kinds of selfish decisions you know like uh to continue yeah. going like look at ed like sure. these decisions that him and gregory are making are fundamentally uh at some level selfish decisions right oh, um yeah. people do that like hell i do it everyone does it you listen to podcasts have done it um <laughs> Except you. Don't have to, cool. We can't all be Danielle. We can't all be Danielle, okay? Mm-hmm. Danielle is the Mrs. Rogers of space. And as far as I can tell, she literally does no wrong. Uh, <laughs> but but, the, but she's the exception. We'll be right back after this spacewalk. Strap in. We're diving into more for all mankind. All right, let's go over to back to Avery's birthday party. Uh, Danielle's called inside to see the news report of the mission failure and Grigori's death. She takes it pretty hard, as we'll see later. Do you think as like we're talking about, you know, we've been paying attention to like the class and economic divides. I couldn't help but notice the way this is being reported is like the hero of Mars and great man has died and also one other guy. Like in every uh, single time, it's like the hero of the Soviet Union, you know, Grigory Kuznetsov, and some other dude. Like, do you think that there's going to be like a little bit of, um, you know, when we go catch up to Cousin Mary from Downton Abbey and these other people, there's going to be a little bit of ruffles feathered? It's like, yeah, when yeah, they only they only care when one of the NASA guys or one of the cosmonauts die. We're just grist for the mill, man. Maybe. Because that's how it would be reported. It wouldn't be reported of, you know, uh, Grigory Kuznetsov and uh, also Parker blah, blah, blah from Minnesota. It'd, it'd be it'd be like, yeah, hero of the Soviet Union and other minor dies. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you're those minors, that's got to hit you a little funny. Yeah, this is what I mean when I say I want more context within, within yeah. what's going on in Happy Valley. Because I... I think we're going to get it, too. I think, you know, this is just a oh, stuffed yeah, full episode. But episode two, probably going to get into a lot more of that stuff. Yeah, we're going to see all these conversations happen. It's just... Uh, yeah. I can't help but speculate. Uh, you're right. Let's go over to Margot seeing the news. Um, and she tries to get hold of director Katish, but she is not returning her calls. So she gets on a bus looking determined, but I would say uneasy as well. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna go Margo gonna go Margo this situation yeah th- th- this is the thing I don't think her style of getting things done is gonna mesh well with the Soviet system but maybe Glasnost will help her out I don't know maybe but I f- I'm the same way to her you know kind of ball busting style like I feel like the so the the Soviet era government is designed with many layers of padding between the citizen's foot and their sensitive crotches. And I just don't think her ball busting approach is going to, going to, going to, going to work in that environment. Yeah, probably they not. will blandly say no to her face until, uh, the heat death of the universe. But, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something like this is something that she needs to get, to get leverage. Well, it's, it's a really good setup for the end of this episode where she gets approached by uh-huh. someone outside of uh-huh. the official channels and she's been stymied at every turn officially. This is her opportunity to break out of that pattern. 
So yeah, I, I think it's I, interesting. And I know we we've commented on it, but this scene particularly, her accent is hilarious oh, because God. like. You can really hear it when she just busts out of nowhere, like her regular unaccented English. Yeah, to say her name, and it's like you can hear that continue on into. Yeah, it's just it's just really funny. Like uh, I've never heard Russian speak, spoke with a thick Southern accent, and uh, I, I assume it's all intentional. It's very funny that the actor is actually doing this, oh, yeah. knowing that it's bad, knowing that Margot would have a terrible Russian accent. And it would be and tinged she with Texas. She just, she just, she just wants, yeah, she wants to be understood. And she's, I think she, I bet, I bet her grammar is very good. Yes. It's just she has no desire to like want to, to pass as a native. In fact, sure. maybe like the opposite. There's a little bit of like, yeah, I want people to know that I'm a Texas gal and I got Shanghai'd by maybe Moscow here. We'll see. Uh, so let's go back to Miles who tucks his kids into bed and then he and his wife talk about him going to Mars. She's worried about him after the asteroid mission failure and doesn't want him to go, but he promises it'll be okay. And then they get it on, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're back together. Uh, do you think this guy makes it to the next season? Oh man. He's, it, they're really I, setting him up to be like the face of the class tension up there on Mars. I don't know if that's there, like gonna said, be done by the end of this season. Uh the the lady who looks like cousin Mary from Downton Abbey, I think, is another one that's putting her hat into that ring. Um mm-hmm, true. But obviously they're gonna they're gonna definitely put him in a life or death situation because he's got this Absolutely. attractive, cute family that is like they're all kind of hanging on him and like you even got the I got the idea from here that his wife wouldn't mind them getting back together if things could you know if if he could provide for the family and get his act together and you know there are mm-hmm. real stakes and it's pretty simple archetypal stuff um, that she just kind of like but but yeah I don't know if they have to kill him but they're definitely gonna put him in a hell of danger. I think at least this season he'll be the Ben Affleck, not the Bruce Willis. Um, mm. That's my assumption because I, I think this think class thing sacrifice? is going to last a lot longer than one season. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll last into the 23rd century if the Expanse has anything to say about oh, it. Oh, it's yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think Ed's going to sacrifice himself to save, Ooh. like like symbolically redeem Danny? You know? Okay. All right, the corruption with the, the the astronaut that had the fan left the family and the, here's a guy who's an innocent that didn't deserve any of this and like Danny also a kind of a dumb fuck and a I don't know of a, a, a sheep that could be losing his way this way or that yeah we'll we'll see I'm really not sure what they're doing with this guy yet other than obvious class issues let me ask you this uh, percentage of chance of Ed dying this season I think it's way up. I think it's almost 100. Way up. Yeah. After seeing his attitude, especially that last shot, I mean, after seeing where he is currently, and he essentially has a death wish. He's he's wanting to stay on Mars until he dies. Mm. That's the story that I've been told. And death on Mars seems like it would come a lot quicker than death on Earth. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to argue that... um... But also, like, I really like the idea of a five-season run of For All Mankind where it's like Ed is the bookend. He's like sure. really old man, old man Ed. Uh, 
and in, in the in the final season, like no longer in space, now uh, running NASA. I, I did. Speaking of his physical health, I did wonder if they're playing with the idea of him wondering if he could survive on Earth. If the last hmm. 20 years of his life have been spent in either zero G, one tenth G or one third Earth gravity or what was what does it look like for a man of his age to go back to Earth? And he hasn't True. been he's got been gone as far as I know for the last eight years. Um, yeah, I wonder if he's like physically it. strong enough uh, with, you know, the arm uh, hand trimmers aside. Is he physically strong enough to to do this work? Yeah, I do. Hmm. It's an interesting question. I hadn't considered the very low G on Mars. I wonder if they have some kind of regimen where they put people up in orbit They'd and never give showed. them some gravity for extended periods. Um, well, I mean, the healers did did spin. They did have a little, uh-huh. but it wasn't full Earth gravity. I didn't think. Um, yeah, maybe they do. They do have a way, but but like on if he's on a Happy Valley, that's a third Earth gravity, and I think that'd be significant in terms of muscle loss and bone density and just your yeah. organs adapt. And we still don't know. We still have no idea what like a decade of that would do to a person's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no a one's ever good in, question. undergone it before. Because I was thinking maybe Earth is his only hope. If he can get back to Earth, get some good health care, uh, take it easy and not stress himself, maybe he could live to the next season for another decade or so. But mm. it doesn't seem like he wants to do that. And he might not be able to survive that well if he gets to Earth, like you're saying. So... I don't know, man. It's not looking good for him, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like 80%. Yeah. Yeah, I might be higher. Wow, I think I'm 50. <laughs> okay. I think I'm at 50, but I thought that was high. But mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, Margo goes to Star City, where she's told that the director is not available and that she has nothing to offer the Soviet space program anymore. And he thanks her for coming and tells her not to return unannounced again. I, first of all, I love this mosaic. Holy shit. That's what a quality mosaic that's here at the Space Center. Star City. Um, oh, I was so secondly, focused on the statue of what I think is Grigori that I missed the mosaic. Oh, man. There's this beautiful mosaic of an astronaut behind, that's the backdrop of this entire meeting. But um, oh. Margot looks pretty weak here. She's got a mm-hmm. scheduled meeting for in nine days. She comes to deal with the crisis. The guy... You know, there's also like this isn't the first time I don't think they've talked. And he starts a conversation with the position of strength and where she's like, oh, you speak English. He's like, yeah, I also speak German and French and Italian, too. Would you like to see my credentials? You know, essentially, like I speak five languages. I'm an impressive person. And Margot ends the conversation when he's like, you have been out of NASA for 10 years, all the technology you were current with back in the day is obsolete. What could you do that, provi- that could provide better for the crisis? And she goes, well, in your case, just about everything. That's an extremely weak answer to give oh, yeah. uh, someone who's already established himself as a very, you know, academically formidable person. Yeah, it's a and personal it's like, attack I, I, when that's not at issue. Yeah, and he's like, obviously, this he's being professionally rude and dismissive, but like... And she's like, I was promised I'd be consulted on space matters. Boy, that's uh, you're learning the value of a deal that you that you make under duress to a foreign government. It's like, well, you are consulted. We meet with you every 90 days and you consult with us. Yeah. Uh, we didn't say that we would implement your ideas or even mm-hmm. listen to you, but you're being consulted. Like, I don't know. Margo, once again, 
is 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 doing the wrong thing with a whole fe- of a whole f- head of steam behind it. It seems like to me. Yeah, I'm curious because I mean this is all predicated on the death of Grigori, right? This is the yeah. the impetus for her even making all these phone calls to try and get in touch. What is she hoping to get out of this meeting? I think she's hoping that they'll be desperate enough to because she just like intellectually clearly is going to seed here. She is yes, Kate, yeah. and I look. I I understand. So she wants to get position. in there and solve problems for them, like help yeah. with the crisis. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me the way me and the way me and Sergey used to solve these problems together. The yeah. spirit of cooperation. I want to get that going again. And. She's just playing the wrong. She's got a bad hand and she's playing it poorly. But I understand her frustration. I I understand sure, sure. her frustration. And I think the Russians are being punitive and a dick. And it's probably a lot of this Katish woman. But yeah, you know, you still got to You still got to play the, a, a shitty hand the best of your ability. Or why are you playing it all? Yeah. Well, we'll see her play an even shittier hand here in a second. Um, I bet she gets another card and it's not the one you want to see from the flop, the river or the roast. I don't... Too many numbers on it. Uh, uh-huh. So Ed sends Kelly a message about the asteroid mission. Uh, there's going to be a new commander coming up and he's decided to stay until they arrive to smooth the transition. And when she tells Alex, Kelly gets an earful about Ed from Alex's grandmother. I thought they played this really great because Kelly understands she's NASA and uh-huh. like, yeah, your, your dad's probably been trying to dodge earth duty. Sure. But also you he's the XO. This is a major fatality accident. He probably doesn't even have to make the phone call for her to understand this. This is a perfect but, cover for Ed. Ed wants to stay up personally, but this is the perfect yes. cover where he doesn't have to and, say, and, and I Kelly just want to stay it. up here. <laughs> And Kelly can see like her doing the math, but also this sucks for her because she clearly doesn't like Alexi's mom. Alexi's mom mm-hmm. doesn't like her. Yeah. And yeah, it's gonna be is like Ed gonna die in space, like or like 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 the the babushka here says, like this band's not coming back. He's gonna die in space. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though Kelly understands in the back of her mind, gee, if Grigori hadn't died. Would he would he be making some other excuse? You know, right. I think so. Uh, the efficiency on that last uh, asteroid was not good. Kel, gonna have to you know get 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 these numbers yep. up. And they, I'm they, the XO. They're, yeah. they're gonna shut down the program if we don't get this mission going. And I'm the XO. Uh, yeah, the the way he reacts to her first message earlier in the episode uh-huh. with barely a smile, like this, this is the cute yeah. moment, right? Like, like the kids put up this welcome mm-hmm. home poppy picture or, or collage. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking at it with barely even a smile on his face. And he's looking yep. at his hand and he's going, yep. I'm, I'm not coming back. I, I can't tell them, but I'm not coming back. Yeah. And see, that's what that that's that made me kind of think of the the I'm scared of going back to Earth gravity in the first place because I've so deteriorated weakened. Sure. Um because before his arm like let him down in a mission, he was still kind of like, oh, God. So it's like that's why I was connected in my mind. But uh and then the other thing is like the the grandma sit there and says like well he said he was going to come back in ninety eight and in oh one oh and oh one and then like he's this isn't the first time he's supposed to come home welcome home poppy situation and he's aborted yeah uh, which gives credence to the the babushka here mm-hmm. uh, okay two 
lingering questions this episode did the asteroid uh, did the astronauts actually murder danny in space and number two what the hell does kelly do now they don't broach her life at all in this episode it seems like she's staying home taking care of this kid but then why does olga need to be there why call in the babushka from the soviet union to help out because it's i look as a as a single dad that did most of it without my parents being around to help me that is a huge fucking issue and she's got you know her mom's dead uh alexi's dead Mm. uh apparently they got her mom from Minsk. that's still that's that's a lot to do to like raise a whole to have a whole household going and you're it and you've got a grandma helping out like uh, yeah I, I wondered like does does kelly feel a little resentful that like her life was put on hold in a way that maybe she didn't expect um you know could be because cool that was one of the out an astronaut it was one of the questions we had in the preview podcast like our like, what is Kelly going to be doing now? She seemed very driven to study life. Uh, she yeah. was this driven biologist. She's going to get back in the game. Yeah. Went up to Mars. Yeah, what's she going to do now? And it seems like the answer is nothing. I Being mean, a mom. It, it, yeah, the, the, not not to denigrate, you know, uh, single moms. It's a very hard job. It takes all your time. Uh, but career-wise, she wanted for she's herself. doing nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's... Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't know where Kelly sits yet. That's... They don't even talk about it, though, so I imagine there could be something going on in the background. Maybe she is working on a project to fulfill her her. I hope they come up needs, something because I could really easily see her just being like Adrian from Rocky, where she's just a oh, wet fucking yeah. blanket. You yeah. know, you got Ed out there trying to do something awesome. When you coming home, Rock? Oh, you're going to get at yourself killed out there. You, you got no chance. You got like, get the fuck. No, nah, that's. Yeah, that, sh- that shit was old. The 80s, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 she, and I think, I think they will, but it is, yeah, we don't know anything about her other than, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a widow and she's a mom and she doesn't like her mother in law. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing Common Martian mother in law. Uh, let's go back to the Molly Cobb Space Center where Danielle goes in to meet with NASA Administrator Hobson, uh, Marv, as you call him. He asks her to be the new commander of Happy Valley to get things back on track. She doesn't want to do it, but Eli Hobson tells her that Grigori's death will be in vain if they can't salvage the program. I like how they do some subtle world building here, too. The fact that the Russians and Americans take turns on who gets to be the commander and, mm-hmm. you know, Danielle being like, I thought it was a Russian's turn. It's like, well, it's a midterm appointment. So they're, you know, instead of trying to grab something that's not theirs, that goes to like the cooperation yeah, it's like the Klingons and the Federation sharing a mining colony once every three, yeah. three months or three years. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, for, on Strange New Worlds. Uh-huh, but like uh-huh. no one's trying to jump ahead in the queue or trying to, you know, oh, it's a weakness in the Americans. We can take over now. I wonder um, how long the term is, too. Is it four years? Like a presidential term? Is it yeah. six years? It can't, is it-, it, it can't be like six weeks. That's not long enough to <laughs> no, get no. anything done. But uh no, I, yeah, I do wonder how much the how long the the term is too. Um, but like you know, they also tell us that the the Martian commander is getting thrown under the bus. It seems like in the early goings of the investigation, he's being replaced. They're putting they want to put Daniel up there, and 
uh, you know, her being antagonistic to him because he's the hatchet man that slashed 20% of NASA's budget. But then he came back with the like, you know, when I took over, over 60% of our budgets were uh, or our projects were over budget and, and over time. And it's like that is there is tension in getting things done and doing things in a safe and reasonable way. Like if you only did things that were safe and reasonable, you'd by definition never do anything new, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's always like where should that balance point be? Yeah. And it feels like they're telling a story in the last eight years. It's gone way from like the well-run government program to like, you know, there's definitely been cuts. 20%. You know, how much of those impacted astronaut safety and things like that. It's just it's cool to see them set these kind of like battles up and wallpaper them initially with essentially patriotism and, you know, wanting to do the the, the finish the job that the see out the job that you started. Sure. Yeah. And personally, you know, to have your friends deaths mean something and. Yeah, uh, a lot mixed up in that. Uh, and here's the other evidence we get of the of like what happened to Danny, you know, where he's she said, you know, Coos was my rock in all this. Like Ed completely fell apart uh, after what happened to Karen, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's here to show respect to her friend Coos, uh, who he's the same guy that she shook hands with uh, yes. against both of their nations' will. So like they're their relationship goes back three seasons now mm-hmm. and you know they wrestled for first boot on mars they wrestled the north korean for first gun on mars like they uh-huh. like a lot of history yeah totally uh he was he was a big deal in her life um and so was That's danny makes all this play the, yep. the bad danny uh and you mm-hmm. you get the impression here that a lot of the reason she doesn't want to be involved in any more nasa shit is because of what happened with danny it's bad memories like yeah. happy valley is a is a is a bad memory for her a mm-hmm. lot of people she loved died and the uh you know um and whatever happened to danny thing was crazy enough that it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth and i like how they're juxtaposing the two deaths right like danny's death is keeping her from wanting to do this and gregory's death is pushing her toward it uh there there's there's some nice symmetry there that her personal life is pulling her in two directions. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also see how this effective appeal, like, you know, uh, the president called me to serve. How could I say no? Now the president's servant is calling me. It's like, it's most of us don't get those calls in life. <laughs> no. You know, if the president no. of the United States needs you for your special qualifications and experience, like, right. Uh-huh. Like that's miles got the call. Bruce Willis uh-huh. got the call. Yep, but uh, it's that that's got to be a lot of uh, a lot of pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I want to know what the phrase "a red ass hair away from canceling the program" means. What? What is it about a red ass hair? Is it finer? Then like a brown you ass You should hair? have worked with my uncles in uh, some of the contracting jobs because there is a finely graded... Do you think the imperial system is complicated? Wait till you see the hair-based. <laughs> the ass-hair-based. There is the ass hair, the red modifier. You got ass hair, mm-hmm. uh, cunt hair. Oh, finer frog's or... Hair. Finer or... Finer, finer. Than... Oh, oh, way finer. Okay. And then a frog's hair is the finest of the hair. 
and you can modify any uh, of those but make them red or curly you know is that because it's uh, actually it's, invisible like a frog's hair is actually invisible yeah they have no hair so mm-hmm. if a frog has hair it's so fucking fine right you know if you're cutting something fine as frog's hair that's as, as fine as you can get but yeah red red ass hair is <laughs> okay. a, a medium grade hair yeah thickness. yeah it's, it's, call me when it's a frog's yeah. ass hair away then we'll talk <laughs> a ginger frog's ass hair that's that's as close to midnight as you can get i think seems like it uh, i like that they run everything through x-ray machines now after the bombing and this seems like a good bit of world building there uh at the entrance mm-hmm. of M- mcse yeah yeah and they got this monument outside and that i think is to dead astronauts um who've died in the line of duty. Did they never recover Gordo, Gordo and Trace's statue that I, used to be there? I didn't see it. Oh, man. They either didn't show it or they replaced it with this and put their names on there, but that thing's going to fill up, man. As yeah. more people go into space, there will be more and more deaths. When do they stop updating it? Is that like tw- 2005? They're just going to be know. like, there's they'll, too many they'll, deaths. They'll, Miles they'll, they'll died, a, 600 miners died. We can't do this. They'll find an empty place in the National Mall and do like a Vietnam War style. Just like, you know, we can just keep Cheslin names on this forever if we have to. Yeah, yeah. Or more likely they'll just stop keeping keeping like you know, they'll, they'll be after the after the first thousand people die in space. It's just say no, no more. No more memorials. This is commonplace. Yeah. Uh, so I guess get in early if you're going to get in true uh all right a lady gets called at home from work but she doesn't answer and actually she's missed four calls but she claims she's good to her husband and then he leaves with the kids and she ignores a fifth call do you think because like it's interesting like her eldest was there when she melted down do you think you know that he's gonna say something to his dad about like you know mom fucking whited out at work the other day and it came it caused a real stir yeah, and she hasn't been to work since. Like, because I don't think she can just pass off of like, oh, everything's fine. You know, I don't think I don't think it's going to be the first paycheck that doesn't come that he's going to. Because he's always been a good to her and pretty, mm-hmm. like, pays attention to her. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think he'll 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 suss things out soon enough. Yeah, he sees something's weird here. He's just on his yeah. way out. He can't just doesn't know it what now. it is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the son. I hadn't considered that wrinkle because he, I think, was there. Why else establish that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go to Margo waking up again, performing her morning rituals. Uh, a woman strikes up a conversation with her on the bench, and interestingly, she speaks English. She tells her that she needs to be patient, like a bird, like a northern bullfinch. And then the woman gets up, leaving a behind a phone number, which Margo picks up. This was interesting because like after she's been shunned by the official channels here, I find it and she should find it all too coincidental that someone is now presenting her with a back channel under the radar opportunity here. If Margot had only gone to the KGB, none of this season would have happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's this because this like if. I, I wasn't on my radar that Russia might be falling to internal separatist movements. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. That this wasn't on my, about. that wasn't on my preseason bingo. I was thinking more of like, this is an obvious test. 
Like Katish is ready to call your expertise, but like you know, the powers that be need to make sure that Margot can be trusted. So they're going to see if she will take this to the KGP. I don't know, but I feel like that's the best play for Margot is to just take this to the official channels and you know wash her hands of it. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason to call this number unless you are extraordinarily bored, which I think she is, or have a death yeah. wish. Like those are the only two reasons. And also, like it's a it's this this lady, this fellow babushka, is giving me mixed signals because she's saying, "Oh, if I was a Margot, I would be patient and wait for the spring." Also, here is a call to action immediately that you can take right now. Right now, you can take it. You can take it. Aren't you curious? Yeah. Like what the fuck? I th- I think like to me that that like the the way to do that is to make the contact and be like, hey, just fucking chill, okay? Just mm. chill, but don't give her something to do because Margot is not a chill person. No. If you know anything about her record, she's not even chill about playing jazz, and you kind of have to be. So, and they know. Yeah, this. I, I thought that was weird. Which so means to they're me, probably it feels like a more using of a test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. Um, it. It could be a test or. Hmm. Does does Margot think that this is maybe Surye trying to communicate with her? The lady does a flawless English. Is this like a CIA back channel that they're trying to like they're going to bring her back into the fold? It's the but only other Sergei reason I can even think know? that she wouldn't just go like, right to the authorities with this. Because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, how, how in the world know? America know? Now, it does seem like that she's pretty living lar- you know, fairly large and in charge, but we, I have no idea. I have no idea where she's at. Of like, is she like in, you know, she's monitored all the time. I, I don't know. But like, that was one of the other questions is like, she doesn't seem to be in any kind of state control. So no, not really. how do they keep her from like calling America or sending an email or... Mm-hmm. Do, doing whatever I, I i don't know i don't like, i don't like, think it's could, that they, but it's it might be going nah. through her head is what i'm getting at yeah all right and on a whim because we just realized oh shit we got screeners no one maybe ever have done has done this before uh we called the phone number on the screen 095-042-7621 and a very big trouble for moose and squirrel type <laughs> voice came on and what did they say you are not able to make calls to this number yeah so uh as far off as is fam uh fucking with args this uh oh, this season maybe or is that just a fun little easter egg maybe that number existed and they used it because they knew that it said that is that what you're getting at? Mm. Or did they no, make this number? No, I was thinking that, like, they're, they're making this number. Because, like, like, yeah, every once in a while you'll see this. Like, you know, like, Breaking Bad didn't do ARGs, but every once in a while they'd have a phone number we could call Electra, uh, you know, Magr- yeah. Madrigal Electromotive or, you know, do something. This is a little fun. Didn't go anywhere. It's just fun. But increasingly shows do this and they go somewhere. It's like you're, you're going like, to, like, episode si- six going to be... Yeah, Mr. Robot's a shining example. You're gonna be logging mm-hmm. into kgb.gov.ru and you know entering in how many uh, sunflower seeds Margot fed to the pigeons this week mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. out how much Ovaltine you got to drink. I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it would we'll be kind of cool if this was an ARG to to yeah. t- you know help people figure out what's going on here. 
Um, Can you imagine the ARGs you could do? Because like like Apple TV Plus, they got some of the most fascinating ARG ready shows. Right? I mean, you could do uh, Severance, Severance, yeah, Silo. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they got uh, the Foundation would be a really interesting kind of like math. You could do some really cool math based stuff with that. Maybe I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I might want to call that number after the episode airs because it might just not be in service at the moment. But true, yeah, we'll see. Just just check in on it every week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Will spotting Danielle in the halls of the MCSC, and he says hi. He, apparently, he's engaged now, and Danielle congratulates him, and then tells Will about Hobson's offer to her. He thinks she should take the position. She's not sure she can, given what ha- what happened with Danny. Still won't tell mm-hmm. us. God damn it. Um, and he says, look, you got to move on, but that's not an option for her. I do respect the hell out of the show not doing the thing because it's so it'd be so weird for her and Will like. Like in real life, you say that you don't like every time you catch up with your old friend, you'd be like, yeah, you know, like the last time I divorced my wife because of the one, you know, it's like you just say, yeah, after what happened with you know emily or whatever sure. and it's like oh yeah fucking so it's like we're just it's it's so realistic and it makes me wonder like how are they going to tell the story is it going to be like <laughs> you know yeah. amber looking at headlines is it going to be like uh uh five seconds of some kind of documentary that's going to be in the background playing for it's like this show's good at how they eventually reveal that data. And you could be frustrated with not knowing it up front, but on the other hand, like, damn. Uh it's it's extremely realistic for the the characters to behave like this eight years later. Oh yeah, and I'm not frustrated. Like I, I yeah. I'm mocking frustration here. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is fun. But it's it is something I really want to know about, and they've done a great job teasing me. So yeah, we'll we'll see how they reveal it. I I'm trying to think of a very natural way to do that, and nothing really comes to mind here. I, maybe we can I see like a memorial up on Mars for yeah. him or something, and one yeah. of the other astronauts can see. It. But yeah, it's I don't know, tricky. Or maybe Dan, or maybe like late in the season, Danny and Ed can like be trapped in a no win situation, and they just talk about it. Oh, good, Danny. The yeah, way they yeah. set up the the evil Danny and Ed last season in the lava tube. Yeah. But they didn't. That's the thing is they also never really got around to talking to the, about the thing we all wanted them to talk about. With Karen. Well, no. I won't say that I wanted to talk about. It's more of like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, can you get this over with so we can move beyond this, this stupid plot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I, that's the other thing. It's like, as much as I want to know, also, fuck you writers for having me invested in this stupid fucking storyline that I've hated since season two. <laughs> Do you think that's a reason that they, well, I, I'm going to say he's dead. That's my guess. Uh, do you think that's a reason that they killed him off season uh, is because they knew that the Maybe. audience didn't it's like his plotline at all? It's the only way they get away with having us think about him. And and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There also might be a little bit of um, a troll. It's like, because they have to be aware that everyone hates and is For grossed sure. out by this entire plotline. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not just us. Like the whole damn, all the places this place is discussed on, everyone hates the storyline. All the professional critics that are still. So it's like they got to know. So are they trolling us a little bit? It's like, because like in in real life, if the situation had happened, it'd be legit traumatic for everybody. So it's a uh-huh. great, it's a great, it's very it's a, dramatic. You know, char- 
Karen's creepy indiscretion with the boy she helped raise uh, uh-huh. three seasons ago has kicked off some spicy meatballs worth of drama, but at what cost for all mankind? At what cost? No, this is this is exactly, and I don't know if this is a Ron Moore special or what, but this is exactly what they did, in my mind, with Kai Wynn over in Deep Space Nine. I hated that character. Every time that character yeah. came on screen, I died inside. And yet it when I think back on Deep Space Nine, it's a big part of what made that show that show. And I love that show. So, yeah, I don't necessarily I, resent the plot line or, or making me sit through this stuff. I just don't like the characters. And it's OK to hate a character, I think. Uh, and I won't say this is done as well as the Kai Wynn stuff, um, because some of this is just like, I don't. I don't want to engage with the story here. Well, another one like it go back to Ronald Moore's past is uh, President Roslin in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't know how she turned it because I, I got off that show early on. But like to me, that was a character that was also designed to be fucking hateable and hissable and booable. But eh. Kai Wynn, President Roslin. Maybe, sure. maybe we just hate women, Jim. Maybe we just yeah. hate women in charge and positions of power and authority. And we just instinctively. How does that apply oh, to want to tear him down? Well, she's the exception. She's the best of us. No, I mean bad Danny. That's the oh, we hate well, him you know. and he's a man. I don't understand. I don't understand. My brain right. is breaking. Isn't he supposed to be a woman? I hate him. Danny? No. We so I'm lost at six levels of plot as the sauce. Apparently. Now. Yeah. All right. Well then it's time to move on. Um we see Danielle and Miles on a NASA ship called Unity uh, in NASA uniforms, presumably headed to Mars. I thought it was a slick transition for uh, Tyler to quote when the Saints go marching in and then them to kind of have that little, you know, New Orleans kind of a, a jazzy little send off for everybody. Yeah, Louis Armstrong track. This is probably the most mm. famous version of that song, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's great. And I love the name of the ship, Unity. Um, that feels mm-hmm. very Danielle, right? That's the ship you would want her to go up in. Uh, I, I thought it was an obvious homage to 2001, too. Like, this long, skinny space transport reminded me of the lunar shuttle on 2001. Huh. I can't recall what that looks like. Uh, and, and then uh, we, get one, go ahead. we get one final shot here where Ed is on Mars He's just sitting around, smoking a cigarette, contemplating his choices. He's a smoking cigarette. a cigarette. A cigarette? On Mars? Maybe it's- a jazz cigarette. This is a dube if I've ever seen one. Oh, you think? You think? How did he get oh, that up there? Oh, hell yeah. Is it legal? I'm telling you, I told you and Pete, the Martian hydro scene is, is he gr- got is to he be seen to be for- believed. <laughs> Does he have a grow up with his own shit where he's brought no, up but, seeds? but... But he he slaps some Martian redbacks into the right engineer's hands that d- does does uh, have have some pull in the hmm. the hydro dome and uh, yeah. Which country? Which country you think is bringing up the weed seeds of the of the, <laughs> the M seven? Yeah, so you had the M seven and it's 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 Russia, it's France, it's the UK, it's Canada, it's the United States. Oh, it's is it Australia, Canada? Well, they're bringing it's it Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica. Out of Jesus. nowhere, the last of the G of, of the M seven. Nah, that blunt would be way bigger. 
<laughs> way bigger. Well, yeah, they're like it's like when the guy comes uh, for the medicine, he's like he adjusts it like, oh god, this is like a seventy year old white guy. All right, this, <laughs> right. this is not this is not yeah. a Snoop Lion. Who this didn't... is not a Snoop Lion joint. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't smoke that... weed until eight years ago when his wife died. So, right, right, right. He has to smoke weed for the trauma of him smoking weed because uh, <laughs> it's, it betrays everything that he thought he was as Ed, <laughs> as Ed Baldwin. No, I was going to go the other way with this because I didn't think it was a jazz cigarette, but it probably is given that jazz is playing. Literally, they're playing jazz over him uh-huh. smoking. Uh, are you allowed to smoke in an oxygen rich hab environment? On Mars? Our filters and stuff. I mean, even if you're this, the XO, this, this has got a long history on this show, going back to the Trace and Gordo era of her uh-huh. exploiting the airlock loophole. Um, how does this shit do, get up well, yeah. here? How does it get up here, man? You need to be combing through the shit that people are bringing up to. I, but you know <sighs> how small a hundred marijuana seeds are. Yes, very. You could smuggle them on the back of a hamburger bun. Uh, like you could keister I, them, no like problem. It's, keister them. You could pocket them in your lint, like you know, pick them out of your pocket <laughs> lint. Like there's, we're talking like you know, like mustard grain type of deals, you mm-hmm. know. Um, maybe yeah, that's, the thing. I, that's, that's maybe what he's keistering these dubs, and he just couldn't handle the Snoop Lion dub. <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's a lot more to keister. <laughs> I don't know. And the Snoop Lion dude is on a whole other level, even the Snoop Dog. Like that's oh, so he yeah, went through that yeah. lion phase, and uh, they kicked. Uh, then they kick him out of reggae, and he uh-huh. went back to the regular. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's some some obscure rap history. I don't know. He's got the he's got the shakes. He's got a thousand yard stare. He's not coming back. No way. Yeah, I don't it's know like, if it's this season or to? next. But like his whole life is given to space and NASA, like being at the end of that and like I'm just gonna go on like it's like that whole thing of like um it's like a sad story it's like one day you're you'll put down your child for the last time and you won't remember it mm-hmm. like you know Ed will like one day you will s- set down on earth for the last time and you won't but like he's gonna know it you know like this is gonna be my last time and yeah seems like it it's gotta be like stopping being an NFL quarterback times a million, you know, mm-hmm. or like it's, it's got to be up there with like no longer being the president, you know, uh, yeah. in terms of like how your life transforms. Uh, I can see, I can see why you'd want to put it off for sure. And it is selfish without a doubt. I yes. mean, Olga is totally right about that. He's a very selfish man, but people do know. selfish things. Yep. Does that make him a bad person? Maybe in some people's eyes. Sure means he's a person that does bad things sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it for the episode. Holy cow. Mega show. Yeah, it took us a while to get back. Get get get. Yeah, we had to we had to catch up. It's it's been 8 years of history to go through. A lot of speculation. Probably irrelevant by the time, you know, they're just going to come out and tell us what what what's the deal with Danny eventually, but uh Yeah. You know, that's that's why we do the show, right? Uh of course, uh, we are recording this from the future. From uh, just a couple days before you will find you will see the uh, the the series premiere. I'm sure you have thoughts. We're gonna uh, be be uh, putting a line out there for people to send them in. F A M stands for all mankind. Fam at baldmove.com. 
is how you want to send in your feedback about the episode. I'm not sure if we will be doing a retrospective fa- feedback at the end of each episode going forward or whether we'll have enough to justify a standalone episode. We'll see. FAM at baldmove.com. Uh, if you'd like to find out other things that we're covering, we've always got stuff going on. We're always lo- watching movies. We're always watching new TV shows. Best way to fi- follow us on all that is our social media is at Bald Move everywhere, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And if you'd like to support what we're doing and get more audio and video content, ditch the ads, get ad-free feeds. It's real easy. Go to support.baldmove.com to join our club and get more information. That's it. Until next week, uh, for for all mankind, uh, we'll be here next week with the next episode as it drops on Apple TV+. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. <laughs>